it will inform you as you move on and you know get back into the dating world or or start a podcast or start a podcast and have people on and (laughs) learn about it (laughs) invite therapists on your podcast to talk about guys we're not paying for this therapy session all that's all i'm saying i don't know what your hourly rate is but this has been free Girls gotta eat. Welcome back. You wanna do it? It's like high 40s, kind of dark out. You know, I look so ugly today and I wore sunglasses and even my doorman was like, what do you got those on for? <laughs> because I'm old and ugly now. That's why. Dewey and I went to the park today. We're really soaking up the weather. He, his life is perfect. Look at him just napping here. He's, I know. Just look at chilling. him. Oh, he's so sweet. You'd never guess there's a dog at this apartment every single time we record. Every time. Okay, and this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp Therapy Online. For 10% off your first month, go to betterhelp.com slash gg. So you know if you listen to the show that we are such fans of therapy and anything that can really improve your mental health and get you to a better place where you are loving and enjoying your life more and spending the time the way you want to. A lot of people spend their lives wishing they had more time, but the question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority so therapy can really help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. It's so helpful for learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, empowering you to be the best version of yourself. Therapy isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma, et cetera. It helps you with your relationships, whether romantic, friendships, family, all the things. So we really cannot recommend it enough. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and then switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. So again, check out BetterHelp, see if it works for you, learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash GGE today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash GGE. We have a great episode for you guys today. Before we get into that, the announcements you guys have been waiting for, I'm going to let Ashley kick it off because we are living her dream. My dream, but really her dream. Uh, my dream is coming true in February. We are going to Australia. <laughs> Finally, guys, we, you knew we were coming. We've only mentioned it for the last month, every week. Four months. Finally got those dates for you. We have shows in Sydney and Melbourne. She's doing it. No. Okay. I don't know how to say it. You guys will tell us when we get there. Yeah. People correct me and say Melbourne. I try to mumble and I say like Melbourne. Yeah. I like to hit it like soft, like croissant. Like I just do a light accent. But here's the thing. It's not... Is it the thing of like you say Melbourne because that's your Australian accent? Like I wouldn't say Ibiza. I would never say Ibiza. I have no idea. I right. really don't know. So we'll find out when we get there, guys. You we guys will, will see you us. in Sydney on Saturday, February 22nd. Yep. And you got it. Melbourne. <laughs> Melbourne. <on, laughs> trying to like say it so quietly. I do like Melbourne. Melbourne on 25th of February. That theater is so beautiful. That theater is so beautiful. Lizzo is going to be there next month. Uh, Okay. I'm, I can't so Lizzo level, guys. Yeah. Um, well, oh, yeah. Let's. So the Sydney Comedy Store. Yes. And the... The Forum Theater in Melbourne. Okay. 
form theater. Guys, one really quick thing. You have sent us some messages about Brisbane. Brisbane. I don't know that one either. It was Brisbane. I like Biscayne. Brisbane. Uh, there's a Drake song. and he's, I thought he said condo and Brisbane, but it's Biscayne. Oh, like keep his condo on a Biscayne. Yeah. Anyway, maybe Drake has a condo in Brisbane too. I don't know. Okay. We don't know if we're coming there or not. We're going to try our best. We are going there to, to vacation. Yes. Um, so we will try our best. We just couldn't get it together with all the other tour dates they were booking on this tour. We will try. No guarantees. Please like don't hold us accountable for this. We, I promise that we're trying. Yeah, we're working on it. And then I'm going to go to Bali to take a vacation after our vacation. And Ashley's going to go to Mexico. Uh, well, I have to go to a birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> Such a flex. I have to go to a birthday party in Mexico. In Cabo. I'm going to take a vacation from you and go to Bali, probably alone. It's going to be a lot of me and you together. I'm, I'm amped. Yeah, it's a lot of time together. Because before that, we are going to LA and San Diego, but um, so t- since still tickets available for LA. Yep. And Houston and Dallas. Yeah. Still tickets DC, available. DC and Boston sold out. And then, okay, I'm going to announce our other city. <laughs> And then Raina's going to announce the other ones. Okay. We are also coming to Philly on April 18th. So excited. The Fillmore Theater. The Fillmore Theater is like our dream theater. It might be my favorite place we're going to perform. It's so incredible. It's actually right next to Punchline where we performed last year. But like the way it's set up is just what we live for. Yes. Moving on up the street. <laughs> moving <laughs> around the corner. It's just like a fun concert hall. They have like chandeliers and it just yes. looks like some balconies, mezzanines you guys can sit on. And I'm... Um, it's, it's great. It looks beautiful. So we can't wait to be there. Um, one year from our last show. Yes, exactly the same weekend. Or it's a weekend this year. It wasn't on the, So we're doing what? Saturday night. We're doing weekends now, guys. We're doing weekends now. Saturday night in Philly. Going to see if Gritty's available. He'll probably big league us like he did last year. Some girl DM'd us and said that she has a connect. And I yep, said, email they do us. That, they did last year too. Oh. People are like, I have a connect to Gritty. And then it's like, to book Gritty, $5,000. <laughs> Oh, well, I told her to email us. I was going to surprise no, you. No, someone, she, she DM'd me too. Um, well, if you're like related to Gritty or something. If you know Gritty, I heard he's hot mother. underneath there. Did I say this before? Some girl has met the guy that is in there. There's not like a bunch of people that play There him. probably is. I don't know. Maybe she was just fucking with me. Oh my God. You know, I have like a furry fetish. Make him like <laughs> fuck me with the costume on. Anyway, guys, Gritty may or may not be there. I don't um, know. We'll see. And then, oh my God, I'm so excited. We're doing an improv tour of Florida. So we're starting <laughs> in Orlando, Tampa, and Miami. So we'll be there um, late April. Uh, all of the improvs. We love a comedy club. We did not get to hit Orlando last time. We're going to hit Orlando. Yes. We're going to go to Disney World also. If you have any connects there that want to like, you know, give us a beautiful stay in Disney World. A VIP we'll take experience. It. Yes. Get my hair on at the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. <laughs> if you know Mickey, like Chris Stefano's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert: We have Chris Stefano on next week. Anyway, oh, he took his daughter to the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique <laughs> instead of hanging out with me. We made plans, then he took his daughter. We'll to talk about Disney next week. World. Yeah. Um. So those are the shows. Uh. There. Wait. All- hold on. I don't want to just talk about Orlando, Tampa. I miss you every day. I can't wait to be back in Tampa. <laughs> can't wait to go twerk in the Ebor District like I did last year. And of course, Miami is our second home. So, uh, I just love it. It's like we're like, what is our tour? It doesn't make sense. Hey guys, we're doing Australia, Philly, and Florida. <laughs> like, there's no. <laughs> logistical sense. We just try to go to East and place. Texas in between. And then in between, we're just going to go to Texas. You know what I mean? Like it's been great. It just doesn't even. How do I live? Also guys, if you have any koala connections, just hit me up. Like, you know, a good place where I can hold them. I know a lot of their habitats were just destroyed by the brush fires and I donated to that and stuff. So I just want to be clear. Like we are aware of some of the bad stuff that's happened in Australia. So um, if I'll go, I'll go volunteer at a koala sanctuary. I'll nurse them back to health. I don't care if you guys know any place to go see koalas. If you know someone that has a koala in their home, I don't know if people are out here domesticating them. Are there Uh, ethical places that are like more like, you know, like you go to like Thailand and people 
you were like, don't go to like the elephant sanctuary. Like, I ethical don't think it's like places. that. I don't think it's like that with, with, I know, I know it's like that with tigers and elephants, but I think koalas are like a little bit different, but I don't, I know that you could only see them in like one or two of the territories. I think New South Wales is one of them. So anyway, you guys we'll have any there. recommendations there, but I know, I think some of them have to go to sanctuaries after the brush fire. So I'll go visit. I'll donate. I'll, I'll hold them. I'll give them a bottle. I don't care. I'll do whatever. I'll give them a bottle <laughs> like you're nursing them. <laughs> I'll nurse them back to health. Um, I made a donation this week as well. What? To Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> you have to support the art. I just, I, I texted Ashley. I was like, I did the weirdest thing. She's like, I do that too. I just feel like I owe them for the amount of arguments they've helped me win. I love that you said that. That was so funny when you said that to me. Okay. Here's the thing. They really do ask though. Like when you, when they're asking for donations around this time of year and you go to Wikipedia, they're like, Hey, what's up? You've been using this for free to win arguments. <laughs> we need your money. I'm like, click $5. Here you go. I just respect it. I launched, I listened to um the, how I built this about Wikipedia, which is a great podcast with Guy Raz. And, um, yeah, they're, they don't like make a profit. They mm-hmm. don't make any money. So yeah, I've been using it for free for years. I gave him 10 bucks 10 for all the knowledge. Oh girl. I'm just, I'm wrong a lot. So like the fact that I get to like side text Wikipedia to figure it out (laughs) helps me. (laughs) Okay. So one thing, one last thing about the shows, I've got to read you this email that we got. Okay. Since this is the 16th, we will have just done our holiday show in New York, our first one. And we are headed to Chicago today. If you're listening on the 16th, we have Chicago shows in the 17th, 18th, and then our last New York holiday show in the 19th. But I wanted to read this um, really funny email, Raina. The subject line is another listener who can't read. (laughs) Did you see this? Yes, okay. I saw it. So read it. She said, um, <laughs> she goes, I don't think any of your listeners know how to read, including myself. Between the wrong address on their online orders, choosing the wrong colors, or thinking the Chicago show was tonight, Tuesday the 10th. So this came through on Tuesday the 10th at 9.48 p.m. last week. She goes, I literally bought a ticket to see you guys with just me, myself, and I, aw, and drove to Talia Hall early to make sure I would get a good seat, considering I wasn't going with a group of friends. Got to the hall at 6 p.m. Strong. Show starts at Two 8. Two hours ahead, yep. And decided to go sit at the bar at the restaurant downstairs. Great restaurant, by the way. Great and bar too. order myself a drink and a cheeseburger. Great cheeseburger. Mid-bite, I mind you, this lady next to me was like, so have you seen a drag show before? <laughs> <laughs> and I literally was like, what are you talking about? Long story short, I used to wonder how in the world people could get dates wrong. Now I understand. Shout out to Rob Boyd, Talia Hall's beverage director, <laughs> beverage director for giving me two drink passes for when I return next week. Oh, I was going to say we should buy her a drink I next know. week for coming out of Pilsen by herself alone. I but I love a woman that will sit at the bar and have a cheeseburger, take herself yes. out. I think it's the sexiest thing in the world. I know. So Sarah, we will see you next week. I just thought that was so funny that... <laughs> Yeah, you're always like, oh my God, these idiots. And then it happens to you. <laughs> I told you this, Raina, that I, we were like coming down on all these people for uh, they're fucking up their online orders. And then I did like the most embarrassing thing ever. I like said I didn't get this thing and they were like, it's in your mailbox and it was in my mailbox because I never checked my mailbox. I didn't think it was small enough to fit in the mailbox. It was there. Well, we complained about that, but really at the end of the day, like our listeners are like smarter than I am, first of all. But like, yeah, everybody makes mistakes. But anyway, so we'll see you tomorrow, Sarah. And uh, <laughs> Looking forward to it, girl. Drinks are on Rob. Yeah. Talia I, Hall. I was going to offer, but now I don't have to. We love them so much. I can't wait. Actually, last year we went to Talia Hall. We walked in, what, at four o'clock and people were already pre-gaming in Talia yeah. Hall because there's a restaurant at a crazy bar downstairs below the restaurant. Yeah, the like speakeasy. You know what's so funny that that woman was like, have you ever been to a drag show before? And that girl might have been like, wait, are they drag queens? Like she didn't know <laughs> like this whole time we've been in drag. <laughs> And that's that, why we don't release the live shows. <laughs> that woman, that woman knew something she did it. Like she's like, oh my god, Raina so Ashley, just men in drag. <laughs> this is what a spoiler. 
Okay. Well, um, we can't wait to be there. I'm, ugh, I love Chicago. So my brother's coming to the shows and his wife. I can't wait. I can't wait for you girls to he still is, DM me and ask he if taken. he's single. I can't wait. Um, speaking of being single, I am single again. You were bit, you were single. You didn't have a boyfriend. Ashley's like, that's not true. You didn't have a boyfriend. I'm your boyfriend. <laughs> um, I, I did want to give a little update about my dating life. Okay. Um, just because like I felt like I learned a valuable lesson. <laughs> okay. Um, so I I'm not seeing that guy in Charleston anymore, and I don't know. It's just. So if you guys haven't been following along, you met this guy uh, when we toured there and have been like a little back and forth and then you went to visit him. Because, yeah. you know, some people, this can be their first episode. If it is, welcome. We're so glad welcome to have to you here. We're so glad to have you. Don't DM us, but we're so glad. <laughs> the the rules are no DMs. No, just kidding. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, look, it probably wasn't going to be like a long-term match. She doesn't live here. And in my mind, like, I'm like, oh, la-di-da, I don't care. Like, I'll go travel and visit somebody all the time. But, like, I think regular people don't aren't dying to have a long distance relationship right anyway so um it just kind of like fizzled and like i just like wasn't hearing from him as much and i was just like bombed i just like spent like every day for like a few days just like in this fog and i was upset and i was just like i feel like the communication's different i was like beating myself up so much and like and i had a couple of drinks and decided to be passive aggressive and say something about it but like i said like i think that you ghosted out of this in a way that i don't really like and i'm kind of bummed about it and like his response luckily was great and like he sort of defended himself and then he called me and we were on the phone for a while um but i just was thinking about like you know we girls say all the time that guys go to them and do i say anything about it and like i think that you do and i think that like if you give somebody your time and your energy and in my case like my money you know i got on a plane i went and visited mm-hmm. this person i think that like if you are emotionally vulnerable to, to a person not after one or two dates but like after a month and a half of seeing somebody like I think that you deserve to say like hey this happened and we interacted with each other and you were like ghosting out of this and it's a bummer and like what's going on here and I don't think there's anything weak or pathetic or wrong with saying that I 100% agree and I'm really lucky in the sense that like he's a great person and I don't have anything bad to say about him and um, it, we talked for an hour I mean he was really nice he picked up the phone and he called and I think that I tried to make it not super accusatory and I yeah. think that when you approach people in a non-accusatory way you're always going to get a better result but he was like I like you so much I think you're amazing like I haven't felt this way about somebody in a really long time but like let's be realistic about this you live there I live here I hate New York I don't ever want to live there yeah. and he was like even this city is too big for me I want to like sell all my shit and live on a boat somewhere yeah you guys aren't aligned no and i think that like just he was honest with me about it and i can't argue with that like we don't want the same things in life and i think that like it was nice to have that conversation and he was really kind and complimentary but also like i realized that i was like beating myself up all week and i was like sick about this and in a fog and so upset and like when we just had the conversation it like waved this wand where i was like oh i'm fine yeah this is just like this wasn't like my soulmate no and you just the thing that you're upset about is that somebody's disrespecting you as a person and not treating you like a human yeah and like it's your ego that hurts it's not like you're i mean yes for some people but for me this is less than a two-month-long relationship so like i'm not madly in love with this guy he's wonderful it's great but yeah i just like want to talk about that because i think that you always deserve to ask somebody like hey what's going on i think 100 percent you did i think we've said this before probably in other episodes but I think you go on one, two dates with somebody, they don't maybe necessarily owe you an explanation. I think you can always ask, but I think at the end of the day, you never know. They might have got back with their ex. They might have 
something gone wrong in their family. Like you just never know. But like when you have sex with somebody and you spend nights with them, especially for you again, like you, you travel down there, like you definitely owe somebody something. Yeah. Like I, I was seeing that guy long distance and I decided I didn't really want to be with him anymore. And I like left and to get myself out of the situation. And I opened it up for him to give me a call if he wanted to discuss it. Like once, you know, later, I think I totally owed him that. It would have been really awkward to be like, I just stopped liking you, <laughs> but like I would have afforded him that we spent a lot weekends together, whole week, like, you know, like there's just a line where I think you spend enough time with somebody and they do owe you an explanation. Yeah. And you've shared intimacy with somebody and you've shared personal private yes, things about yes, your life with yeah. them. And yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of sex with each other and that's important also, but like, yeah, really intimate private moments we've shared together. We're on the phone every single day and right. he was pursuing me really heavily. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, I deserve an explanation. And now like since that conversation, like I'm not mad, I don't feel bad. Like it probably wasn't my long-term soulmate, but like we can be cool. Like yeah. we're not, We've talked. We've talked since then. We text. I don't think that like I want to leave the door open for some manipulative situation where he gets to talk to me every day. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just wanted to say that. And I think it's important to like ask those questions. You might not get what you want from a person, but you deserve to get an answer. Yeah. So yeah, I just wanted to talk about that and give you guys an update. So that's the um, update. <laughs> and um, you wanted to tell me a story, and then we'll get into the episode. Okay. I want to hear the story. I've been, I have not told you this, so I wanted to save it for the podcast. <laughs> it's just something like little and stupid, but it has to do with doorman dick. <laughs> I love your doorman, by the way. Okay, I love my doorman too. Um, so okay, we've said it before. Again, if you're new here, they there's like five doormen. They're all like attractive and put together. Some of them have girlfriends. Like they've mentioned their girlfriends or one one guy mentioned his wife or, you know, whatever. But um, there's one that I feel like I am just like semi flirty with. I don't have a crush on him. We just like, you know, he's an attractive guy. I flirt with all of them. You flirt with all of them. It's just friendly flirty. I'm not like pining for him, but there is one that I feel like is single, thought he was single and whatever. (laughs) He's the hottest one. I think he's the hottest one. So, and like, he's there late at night. Sometimes I come in a little boozed up and we like chat, whatever. Um, and I was out at this little event thing last weekend with two people that I've met in the building. They're a couple and I met them on the roof one time and we've stayed in touch. And the girls is jewelry designer. She's great. And her husband or husband, husband. Yeah. Um, and I'm talking to them and we're talking about the doorman because we're like talking shit about the building and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, guys, who's your favorite? You know, like who's your favorite doorman? And we start talking about this stuff. And I said, well, this is my favorite one. And they're like, well, yeah, I mean, I, I can see that, you know, like, and then the guy, I was like, I, I feel like I'm a little like flirty with him sometimes. And the guy like that lives in the building goes, yeah, he's married. And I said, what? what? <laughs> I did not get married vibes from that guy. And I was like, oh my God, I, can't believe he hasn't hasn't like told me or something like we have conversations like you come in late at four in the morning after having a night out you talk to your door member like 10 minutes he should be talking about his wife he doesn't wear a ring i'm not saying that he's like hiding it but maybe he wears a ring i never noticed whatever bottom line i did not know he was married and i like was joking you know me i love to like cut up and make people laugh so i started saying like i am so pissed about this (laughs) he did not tell me he was married and i'm like jokingly acting like pissed off and I was like, I can't believe this. He's never mentioned her to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> you guys are dating? And um, all the times we went out together in the lobby. And I'm like making all these jokes and all this stuff. And I, that was that. I left the little event I was at. The next day, when I talked to the doorman, he brought his wife up not once, not twice. Three times he brought his wife up in conversation. It was like a 30-second conversation you guys I, had? He just kept bringing her up. He's 
my wife and I watched one of your Santa videos. My wife this, my wife that. I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, I know that couple put me on blast. What did they come in? And they absolutely, they're like, Ashley's into you. And he's like, I gotta let her know that I have a wife. That her not the wife knows about you now. He told the wife about you. So I was like, I cannot believe my new friends in this building would do me so dirty. And then we got this funny email funny email I, I think I found it funny it was like meet the team basically I feel like here's all your doormen all your supers so you can tip them for the holidays right like it was a pamphlet of like pictures and all the people which is nice because I am going to tip all them and I want to make sure I get everybody covered right but I think that's why they sent it right before the holidays right it was very cute it was like get to know your team it's like a, we've all lived here for months but okay yeah so the girl that lives here she sent it to me and she was like I bet you love this like <laughs> And then I was like, since she, I said, since you brought it up, did you and your husband say something? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, no, oh my God, we would never. So I know they cock blocked you. Okay. I just can't imagine they would say something that's so weird. Like they're <laughs> adults. Like I can't. And plus I'm kidding guys for, this is all a joke. How I'm not could it come up trying to date the doorman. Huh? How could it come up in conversation? I can't imagine how she'd like organically. That's what I'm bring saying. I do not think her and her husband came home after that event and was like, "Oh my god, dude, Ashley is really into you. You got to tell her you're married." But I just find it suspicious that I've talked to him on what almost every day since September 1st. He never mentioned his wife. I say something about it. He brings her up three times in one convo. What are the fucking odds? That he and then, that? guys, what happened the other night was Rain and I were leaving <laughs> this apartment, and he came in and. I like was like, oh, hey, and kind of like hit him like playfully like on his shoulder. I was like, hey, good to see you. And then Raina goes just out of my body for no reason at all. Like nothing. I just go, oh, <laughs> what the fuck? This guy doesn't even know me. So it's like, it's like, I know that there's some kind of like back. It, like, it's like, we've been talking about him. Yes. Like if he, if he really, if this whole thing is true, that he thinks I have a crush on him, which again, I don't, you guys, it's all a joke that I went and like, like, I'm complicit play, in the whole thing. Playfully swatted him and you go, Oh yeah. It's like, I've been waiting for this to happen. Like I'm complicit I in almost it. Almost died. <laughs> He was like, oh, my wife's on her way. Like, I mean, he probably was like, I got to get my wife in here to show Ashley so she stops hitting on me. I didn't know why that was so funny, by the way, for like the whole week. Ashley's like, I got to tell you this. I'm going to tell you on the podcast. Oh, that is funny. All we do is embarrass ourselves in front of those doormen. Yeah. I I flirt with all of them. I just can't. Do you think that couple told them? Told him? No, because I can't imagine how that would like organically come up without them being like, Ashley is such a slut. Oh, my God. She's so obsessed with you. It's Weird coincidence, though. What are the odds? Because when he brought up his wife, it... He really didn't need to. It's like he found a way in the combo to bring her up. Yeah, the way other men find a way not to bring it up. <laughs> yeah, so he's one of the good ones. <laughs> and the hottest one. All right, well, that's good to know. i got to find out if one of them is gay and if the other one has a wife. Yeah. They're all hot. Yeah. Two, I think one is, now I know two of them have a wife. One of them has a girlfriend, and then the one is like 12. You've been doing some late night sleuthing. Who's 12? The new one. He just looks so young. So that's right up your alley. And that's the one you like the most. <laughs> and then the other one we just were unsure about. You're just going to slide right past He's that like, one. Okay. Because of what just happened. Guys, here's the thing. Here's what happened. Young men have been sliding into my DMs. And when I say young, I mean high, high school. school. So we, I, Hannah Burner posted a clip of me on her podcast in which I said I like fucked football players or whatever in college. And someone slid in my DMs and was like, hey, I heard you like football players. What's up? I looked him up. He's a high school football player. He's a senior in high school. <laughs> 
<laughs> you made fun of me so much this summer when I met that guy at the bar at the Starbird who was friends with my brother. He's, he was brothers of one of my brother's friends. He had just graduated high school like last week. Wait. And he still DMs me about like coming to shows and stuff. And he's like hot and tall. He looks like he was, Kennedy. He was so hot. You made fun of me. Right, now, I, you, now we're both dating high schoolers. I got to tell you what else this guy said. This DM I got just random DM slide yesterday to 10 p.m. You're so gorgeous. If you cheated on me, I'd be the one apologizing. <laughs> He graduates from college in 2021. He's a child. He's, is he even 21 years old yet? No. If if he's if he, I would so he's a. Are you gonna do it? No. But cute? who are these guys? <laughs> he looks kind of hot. I know that like that like 19 year old okay, Kennedy 20, kid looks. DM me y'all coming to our show in Pittsburgh, and he was like, maybe I'll show up, and I was like, maybe I'll let you. It was so. He, and I was creepy. like, Raina, who was that hot guy? And you're like, he's a child. Literally, it's like 19 which is still of age guys don't get us arrested um 2021 college so we'll be just entering the nursing so not home. this not like this next spring of college grads will be 2020 so he graduates from college two years from now basically he's 19 so he's oh he could gosh. be 20 i think i graduated from college i was 22 all right well they can get back in the 80s that age. kids want to fuck too you know <laughs> Oh my God. When did you say that? Like the second, the second episode. episode. It was so, so long ago. Deep cut. I just yelled it Such at you. Such a deep cut. Kids, kids want to fuck too. All right. We should get it. All episode. right. Let's get in the episode. Speaking of kids, we're talking about family today. Oh yeah. Great transition. Um, okay. Not really? So we, but <laughs> uh, we are, we're doing it. We're really doing it. Um, I'm really excited about this episode today. We have searched far and wide for somebody to cover this topic with, uh, justice to it um so we're talking about families today um in the house studio with us and dewey we have a licensed marriage and family therapist she has her own private practice in new york city she does tons of speaking events retreats workshops she has a huge instagram account called mindful mft which focuses on transformation through self and relationship awareness um welcome to the house studio vienna farron thank you for having me thanks for being here vienna farron it's a name right that's a name, <laughs> that name <laughs> Go either it's way. That yeah. could be a poor name. It could be it could like be. a classy one. Thank you. I I appreciate that detail. <laughs> <laughs> Porn star slash therapist. Yeah, we're we're off to a good start. <laughs> is that your married name or is that your name? Yeah, that's my name. That's my, name. my original name. Oh, I, I did keep my your last main name. name. Okay. Born and raised. Yes, born yeah. and raised. That was a thing. That was a thing. That was a conversation. That was a hard one to keep the name. Well, I don't. Someone to me <clears throat> the other day, a woman, my mom's friend, mm-hmm. my mom like. She's just really like liberal and feminist and she's been out of the game a while. You know, she was just like, are women still taking men's names? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I wanted to do it, but I like today I wouldn't do it because you and I have this like career and like we've built like a name for ourselves and you too, like as a therapist, Mm -hmm. like I just think like when I was getting married, I was like, one family, one name, taking the name. I ordered all this shit with the his merch. Name you on ordered it. the merch. I ordered the merch. <laughs> I changed my open table name to his name. But, but some people, like, yeah. so when she said that to me, I, we were at a wedding when she said it, and I go, we, Cookie, yeah. Her name's Cookie. I was like, <laughs> yeah, they, like, my last girlfriend that got married changed it that day uh-huh. on Facebook. You know what I mean? Like, it's still a thing. It was, I mean, it's been my name for 33 years at the time we got married uh, in April. And, uh, 
yeah, it was like very confronting. I was like, this has been my name though. Like this is my identity. This has been my name. I love my name. I feel connected to it. I have a great relationship with my dad who hold, like to me, that was something that I wanted to, to hold. And it was a, it was definitely a interesting conversation that was confronting yeah. for both of us, but we landed on it and we have, we have fully accepted. And you stayed together. We stayed Sorry, together. I, I went down that path. I don't no, know, I but here it is. I'm, we're talking about Yeah. Family. If you hate your dad, it's easier to change it. Maybe. That yeah. a friend of mine. She was like, get this. Yeah. I don't want this. My, get my dad's name out of here. It's fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but tell us a little more about yourself. Like what your practice focuses on. Are you from New York? Obviously sure. you're married, you're young, you're beautiful. Mm. Tell us anything else about you. Yeah. So as you said, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. So I work with individuals and couples all within the context of relationships, family systems. Um, sometimes there's one person in the room. Sometimes there's six people in the room. Um, oh very uh, interesting and beautiful work. Um, I'm from New Jersey originally. Uh, grew up there. I'm an only child. My parents went through a separation when I was in first grade. Their divorce took nine years. <gasps> At the time, it was the record for New Jersey. Um, so like, well, we, if you're gonna we do it, yeah, best. you just like, you go strong, you go hard. Um, <laughs> what do you mean? <clears throat> although I believe now that that record, actually, I know Bethany that record Frankel is broken. Bethany Frankel took a record? I don't know. Maybe. Was it because of like Bunny? Or what? How no, does I don't long? even, I think it's just like constant fighting, right? There's like always one more thing. There's always uh, one more negotiation. Nine, it, that's funny that yeah. it was longer than you had been alive. <clears throat> Yeah, like you were sure. six or whatever, and they were yeah. they were divorced. Ashley's yes. like, that's funny. Let's talk about it more. Yeah. Not funny, but I think well, you like, know, at this point, it's 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 totally fine to talk about it, and we can poke fun at it a little bit. Um, but I think during that time was when I started to observe relationships a lot, and mm-hmm. obviously something that was strung out for so long. Um, you know, you're you're in the mess of it, right? You're in the muck of it, and you see the battle going off, and um, you know, from that point, I think. You know, when you go through something like that and you observe it and you witness how it's impacting both of them. Uh, for me, I wanted to make sure that I never had to go through something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, so like from an unevolved space, it was like, I need to go into understanding relationships because I never want to go through that um, for my own life. Um, and then from a more evolved space, which I've, which I've gotten to now, I see the value in learning about what makes healthy relationships healthy, what makes, you know, dysfunctional and healthy relationships do the things that they do and that we as a society don't generally get great education around how to have healthy relationships outside of our family systems, you Mm -hmm. know, like watching our families is our first education. It's our first template for all things. And so, um, yeah, so it's, it developed into my work as a, as a couples therapist. I work a lot with couples and, and then individuals, uh, within, you know, like dating, going through divorces, that type of thing. Um, obviously dating in New York City is a really we thrilling, fun, exciting event that we do. Um, so <laughs> yeah. So that's a little bit about me. Um, what else? Okay. So we want to talk to you today about like if basically just like the how families affect your romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. So if you're the partner and you're like, they don't like me, I don't know how to deal with it. And like I said, I don't like them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how to be a partner in that situation between like you and your romantic partner. And then also when you're allowed to speak up and all those things. But I thought that a good place to start would be like either a couple or an individual walks into your office and says like, I just, I really struggle with this family dynamic between mm-hmm. my partner's family and myself. And whether it's like, I just don't feel like anybody's nice to me or an example that you brought up, which is like, I don't think anybody asked me any questions mm-hmm. and they don't show any interest in me. And like, I have seen personal family dynamics where like the mother makes jabs at the daughter-in-law a lot mm-hmm. and things are like, 
what do you say to like, what's day one of therapy for you? Yeah. I mean, day one, I think is understanding if the partner sees it the same way as you do. So sometimes you'll have both people say, yes, I like, I can report that these facts are correct. We're on the same team. Yeah. We're on the same team. I see what you're talking about. And then other times you may have the partner whose loyalty can go more towards the family system. And I think when that partner is not able to see what it is that you're saying, that part's a, that's that's really hard, right? So I think we probably have to talk about either both. or yeah. yeah. Right. Because I think when you do have a partner who's like, you're right. Like I see everything that you're saying and I'm sorry that you're having to deal with this and, and going through it. Um obviously those conversations can be a little bit easier than the ones when you're having to like fight for it and like try you're really desperately trying to get your partner to just see your perspective Absolutely. and, you know, like have your back. They're and not even comparable. Yes. Like, I feel like I could put up with a lot if my partner was recognizing it and validating me as sure. opposed to like him not knowing his mom's a psycho. Sure. Yeah. Like how do you, <laughs> I don't no, even know that, where to start with that. That's right. And I think, you know, a lot of couples do come in and they can see it, right? They can see it um, and they can talk about it. And that part is, yeah, it's, it is really helpful. I think, you know, what I find with a lot of individuals and couples is that as we're growing up and getting older and we're starting to challenge certain things in our lives, where we're like, oh, like this belief system, like I, I don't, I don't jive with it anymore. You know, we start checking ourselves as we, as we age and dive into some of our, you know, self-awareness work. And so as we are sort of distancing from beliefs that maybe our family system still holds on to, um, you know, you can see that separation and we start working towards just accepting that a family system may believe certain things that you no longer believe, or they might never change. You know, we were talking about this earlier where it's like, at some point, where do I have to let go of trying to get somebody to see my perspective or care about me in the way that I really want you to care about me? Um, ask me questions because that feels really reasonable and appropriate um, where you do accept the capacity to which like a family member may or may not go. But if you have your partner who's on board with you, right? I think that that the acceptance part of that is, is much easier. You're so right. And I never thought about it like that. Like I could probably, you're right. I could probably accept mm-hmm. not really loving my partner's family. As long as my partner was like, yeah, they're annoying mm-hmm. and this sucks and I, I'm on your side. Yeah, it's two separate things. So I guess let's talk about the harder one where like you, your partner is not seeing what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. So like I'll give you an example of a couple that I know and like I think the mother makes jabs at the daughter-in-law mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. and her husband sees it but doesn't thinks that she provokes it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so I think he sort of acknowledges the behavior but is still like, well, you sort of set yourself up for this and I don't agree with that at all mm-hmm. whatsoever. I think that she's wonderful and I've watched it happen and mm-hmm. I don't agree with that. So like if you're the partner, like how do you fight back against that? If your other partner is just like, yeah, well, you brought this on yourself or deal yeah. with it. Yeah. I mean, I, I would want to know what feels concerning about going up against mom or setting that boundary with mom or like, why does that feel threatening to the, the husband? I think it's the husband in this, this case where it's like, like what is confronting about that? What's the threat about doing that? If you see what it is your partner is saying, but you just don't want to confront mom, like why, right? Like what about, 
about that dynamic? What about that family system is blocking that? Like, are you a son who has always wanted to please mom? Are you a son who um, knows that if you go up against mom, she becomes critical or she might cut you then? Or like, you know, there's, there's a reason why a person doesn't go into that space. And especially when you're saying like, no, like if you're an objective viewer of it and you're like, she's great and she's fine and she's not really doing anything provoking um, that you know is reasonable to get that type of response, then you do want to look at why that other person feels concerned or threatened or has some type of stress response to actually using his voice to say something. Have you seen situations where like the son or who I'm just, I'm just talking to like sons and daughters, whatever, mm-hmm. and the son will go back to the mom and say like the wrong verbiage, like, well, you're pissing her off all the time mm-hmm. and you need to be nicer to her versus yeah, like, hey, abs- I'm a team with her and I need you to, I see this, and I need you to be nicer. Yeah. That first one is I'm throwing my partner under the bus because I don't want to take accountability and ownership in the space. I don't want to own how it is that I'm feeling, but I'm going to relay the information so that she remains the bad guy and I don't have to be the one who deals with whatever's coming back at me. Right. So it's like, it's really important for in partnership for both people to be able to own what it is they're experiencing and name it and, you know, have that conversation if, you know, if they're willing to, like, I don't know where the relationship goes if there's no loyalty in it. That's really hard over and over and over again, right? If your partner can't see what your experience is or finds a way to invalidate it or finds a way to dismiss it, right? That's going to, that is going to tear at the relationship over and over and over again at a certain point. It may tear too much. Right. And I mean, it's just tricky because old people don't change. Mm-hmm. Like they can, but I see a lot of friends that have these problematic parents and they're just like stuck in their ways. Like I don't know what what they I mean, how often do you see like a mom be like, You're right. Mm-hmm. I should be nicer. <laughs> like it's just I don't know. Yeah. Like, have you seen I don't know. Yeah. I mean, so I generally say people, people are not going to change until they're going to change. So like, I'm not going to sit here and predict that like, you'll never change for the rest of your life. I use my dad as an example because he was, um, so he was blessed with a therapist as a daughter. <laughs> so he was going to go up against this for a while, but he used to be um, like a really reactive, um, manipulative kind of gaslighter who um, like I was the only person who could really track what he was doing. And so I would really battle with him because he couldn't get it over me. Um, and so becoming a therapist, like he, he really clung to that way of being and living for a really long time. And I think, you know, my dad is now, he's turning 82. Um, so he's, he's definitely older. Mm -hmm. Um, and in the last, I'd say probably six or so years, um, I just kept bringing things forward and naming them with him. You're being invulnerable right now. You're being defensive. I'd really like to know how you feel. And I would just keep going with him. And he has changed in drastic ways. And he is so wonderful, so honest, so vulnerable, like will bring his, I mean, still a struggle with certain things, but like I have seen him make shifts. So that may be, um, you know, one in a few, because I do agree that a lot of times people can get so stuck in their ways and they, are unwilling to do the work to really dislodge themselves from their patterns and their programming. So I would agree that you generally go into this with the acceptance that I'm not banking on you changing, right? And so if I'm not banking on you changing, the only thing that I can control is me, right? It's how I respond to it. It's what I do with it. It's how I engage with it. It's the boundaries that I set with it. And I, that's the only thing that I can you know, attach to. 
Okay. Thank you to Helix for supporting Girls Gotta Eat. Go to helixsleep.com slash GGE. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Use code HELIXPARTNER20, and you'll get 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows. You guys know how obsessed we are with Helix. Both of us have multiple Helix mattresses. It's all we sleep on. I have made sure that my parents have one, my brother has one, my boyfriend has one. I just refuse to go anywhere and not sleep on a Helix mattress. That is how obsessed we are. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, which we love. We have the Lux Collection mattresses, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and even a mattress made just for kids. So for everyone in the family, and you're just going to take their quiz, which is really fun, and then they will give you your personalized mattress recommendation. It's going to be shipped straight to your door free of charge. You can try it out for 100 nights to make sure you love it, and then there's a 10 to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. We know everybody sleeps differently. You might sleep on your back, your side, roll around all night on your stomach, or you might want a soft, medium, or firm mattress. We are all so different. So that is why they offer really something for everyone. And so you're just going to order what works best for you, come straight to your door. You can sleep on it that night. You're going to love it. It will change your life. You'll get the best sleep of your life and you can thank us later. So Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash GGE and use code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer with Helix Better Sleep Starts Now. Okay. So just, we can kind of wrap up this segment and kind of move on to the other part, the more preferable relationship, but like you're a woman, you're a partner, you are not getting along with his family. You guys keep butting heads, whatever it is, his mom, his sister, whoever, and he does not see it. I mean, what, what is the, I know there's no answer. I know every situation is different. Like we can't just put everything into a box, but are is it just you go straight to the therapist's <laughs> office or, I mean, is there language you can use? I mean, how do you see a breakthrough happen? Is Sometimes the third person is helpful. There's right. a lot of people who will come in and, you know, one partner will, um, will be saying something and then I will say something and the other person gets it. Yeah. <laughs> then the original person is like, really? Are you allowed to curse? Oh God. Yeah. Curse it up, girl. Like what in the actual fuck I've been saying this for so long and now she says it once and yes. you like get it and hear it. And so yes, sometimes it is about um, having a third party come into it who's able to reflect back what's being like what I'm observing. Right. But I think probably one of the most important things is that when you're having that experience, not wavering from it, right? Not backing down from it, not like throwing in the towel and being like, I guess this is how I'll be treated. You know, like that you just stay firm and committed and grounded to this is the experience and I'm, and I'm not okay with it. Right. I think like what we're talking about are things for people where they don't feel okay with how they're being treated. And so the negotiation for them is not to become okay with how they're being treated. Right. Like they are observing something that doesn't feel okay for them and they have to stay to it. So it's still voicing it. It's still bringing it forward. Um, it's, you know, I think, sometimes we can become accusatory about the family. And so owning like how it is you feel, obviously in therapy, we talk a lot about starting with I statements, of course. Um, which I think like sometimes is the role of the eye and like a little bit annoying and feels elementary, but there is something about just saying like, listen, this is my experience of what's going on. And, and I feel like less than I don't feel honored in this space as opposed to your mom's a bitch or like, I can't stand your family. Or, like that is going to be the thing that puts somebody on the defensive, especially if they like care about their family or love their family, don't want to see their family as flawed 
flawed. And so when you can start to invite them into understanding their perspective and saying, maybe the intention is not meant to be this way, but the impact on me is I feel not part of this family. I don't feel seen, right? Like if somebody's not asking any questions, sure. All right? So you can change that language a little bit. Um, but if somebody's really defending against their family, I probably would recommend a third party coming into the equation and yeah. trying to navigate it that way. I mean, I think the implication is that like, you're not the enemy. Like you, you love this person. You care about them. Yeah. And you do want to make it better because you want to get along with their family, the people they love. It's not because you're the bad guy. want to fight with people. Like you feel bad in a situation because these are people that you really want to get along with. And it's, such a bummer when you can't yeah. you know and it it feels really demeaning and shitty and horrible and I, sorry what were you gonna say no now that I'm just saying like I'm sure I'm, I'm assuming this is why people break up too where it's like I can't handle this and you are not seeing what I'm seeing sure. and this will never change sure and this is our third Christmas and I hate this and your family is mean to me and you will not take my side and we're done I mean I assume sometimes there's just like a breaking point for people for sure well, and, because, and also like a guy I'm just going to say, because we're talking, not going to therapy. You know what I mean? Like refusing to acknowledge it. And it's like, well, that's going to be the rest of my life. So see ya. I'm going to find somebody that validates me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. You and don't that- have to be best friends with people. You just still have to feel respect when you go into their homes. For you sure. Know? I don't need to be best friends with all my significant other's moms, but I do need to be acknowledged and respected. Yeah. And as we said at the beginning of, of the podcast, it's like, as long as you feel like you do have a teammate who sees it, you know, like how sometimes with couples, they have their own little like language or their look or the like grab under the table and you like squeeze the knee or whatever it is. And it's like, when you feel that sense of like, okay, you've got me. So that's like, I don't have to get caught up in this. That does, that is relieving. And then there are boundaries. Like maybe we only go for a couple of hours Mm -hmm. and then we don't stay over, you know, if it's like a Thanksgiving or, you know, some, something over the, um, like December holidays. Like, so that I think is important when you can trust that your, your person that can see your perspective, um, even if those people then don't respect or change at all. Right. And I mean, I, that's to me, I, if I was dating somebody and their family was really terrible and we just didn't like each other, if he didn't either, and he's like, we just got to deal with this. Like, I'd be like, okay, this is your family. I'm not trying to, if you're not trying to change your family, I'm not trying to change your family Mm -hmm. as long as we're on the same page. Right. Do you think there is anything you can do in those situations? Like if your partner agrees with you and you're like, I just really don't like these people. You stay in a hotel instead of like being in the home. Right. And just like, yeah, minimizing the time, like boundaries probably are important too. Boundaries are important. Having a little bit of a plan is important. If you're going into um, their home, um, like his family's home or your home, right? Having that plan ahead of time of, you know, do we need to stay at a hotel? Do we, how many days are we actually staying there? What's the plan for the day? Do we get out of the house to go get a coffee instead of like having breakfast with them? Like how do we take that time away so that, you know, if my limit is like two or three hours before I need that break, you know, it's, it's that you guys agree on it ahead of time so that you're not sort of in like in the midst of it all and then looking for your, you know, life. So yeah, thinking about it ahead of time is is important. I think having some humor with it too is good. You know, I think when couples do see eye to eye, um, for example, if somebody doesn't ask any questions, you know, you just insert yourself and you start talking about yourself and it's just like, there's like humor to it. You sort of know what the other person is doing and you're you're backing them. Um, But yeah, setting boundaries and knowing what's going to allow you to just be grounded in that space is is probably the most helpful thing because i assume i i picture scenarios where like 
you don't put the plan in place ahead of time and you don't alert your family, the, the partner that that's, it's their family. They don't alert them to like, Hey, mm-hmm. Ashley and I are going to go do this other thing at this time. And then you're stuck in a situation where the mom's like, well, I thought you were doing this with us. And then it just all blows up. And then Ashley becomes the bad guy. Right. You like, know? like it makes yes, you look then the, like the bad yes, guy. And then the guy, like maybe he's floundering and he's mm-hmm. just like, well, it's because Ashley or, you know, I think yeah. that it's like this lack of communication up top for sure. Cause I think you can talk to a family and I'm, I don't know if the therapist here, but ahead of time and be like, just FYI, we're doing this and this is how we're going to do it. And the mom might freak out then, but at least she's had time. I keep saying mom, the family member might freak out then, but at least they have time to simmer down and, mm-hmm. and accept it before you arrive. Mm-hmm. I like that. And you're right. I think as long as you, it doesn't look like Ashley showed up for Christmas, <laughs> Ashley has a problem with everybody. And now me and Ashley <laughs> yeah. are leaving. Uh-huh. Okay. But I have a question. I don't want to weed and drugs. Yeah, oh. just get drunk. <laughs> Alcohol. Alcohol could not help a situation more. Or make it worse, though. Um, somebody sent us an email about... Um, I think that m- parents and siblings are very different in these situations. Like, if a parent doesn't like you, I sort of feel like they're not going to be around forever. I can talk this <laughs> out. <laughs> I can wait it out till they die. Also, like, they're not going to change. They're of another generation. But if a sibling, unless she's, I mean, brothers are never going to not like you. It's sisters that don't, like, do you have different advice when it's the person that's your age that doesn't like you? And, like, why? Okay, so I'll just give you, like, I had a boyfriend for a while. The sister just had no interest in being around me. We'd make plans with her. She'd cancel them. We'd buy tickets to things. She wouldn't show up. She just had this, like, issue with me and no I mean yeah I'm sure people have an issue with me but she and I just never spent any time she just was not interested I think she felt like someone was taking her brother away mm-hmm. from her she didn't even know me there was no reason for problem with me right. so um is there like different advice if it's a sibling? And but what you just described is someone who is lacking their own self awareness. Well, oh. sure, like upset, maybe, like he has, didn't like it when I made jokes about her and him wanting to. But sleep you with do her. see that. I had a yeah. friend that that was the same thing <laughs> with her husband. Yeah. The that, sister, that, yeah. the sister, like didn't relax yeah. until she found somebody and got married. Mm-hmm. She was like. Yeah. had a weird thing with her brother. So you, you, right. So we don't know what's happening in their internal world, but when somebody doesn't like you for, for no reason, right, you can assume that there is something that's going on internally for them that they haven't been able to address and really iron out. So, you know, I think culturally we find, we have so much pressure around like family systems all fitting together and we're going to be one big happy family and everybody's going to get along. And that's not, that's not true. I, I think that needs to be updated mm-hmm. because really what we find is that most people are are moving away from trying to force the round peg into the square hole and you're creating the family system that you really want to have. For some people who have great family systems, like that's awesome. That's wonderful. That's beautiful that you can expand that. But for a lot of people, they're using friends as family. They are, you know, get it partnering and then maybe having children and, and having that nucleus be their family. And when you have people who are are resistant to like receiving you or liking you and won't challenge the things that are blocking them, there's not much for you to do. Or you can ask a partner to like get curious with a sibling to be like, hey, what's going on? Like, you know, I, I notice that you don't like my partner, like any feedback there, like there could be space there. Maybe at some point you sit down with her and you ask her, like, I really do want to have a nice relationship with you. And I'd love to spend more time and get to know one another. But like, I can't really, I can't really tell where you're at with that. And like, is there something that I'm doing that's bothering you? Like, is there feedback there that you want to give me? Cause I would really like to have have a healthy relationship with you. And you know, sometimes that can go somewhere and other times people might 
like what you were saying before, Ashley, like, um, I'm not going to be okay until I have a partner too, right? Like that part feels really threatening. Or if it's a, you know, sometimes when it's a younger sibling who's partnered and you're not partnered mm-hmm. as the older sibling, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, the intensity around that where you feel like you're behind or how can my younger sibling or cousin be getting married and I'm not, right? So there's a lot of narratives in there that if we're not checking them, they can play into like, I hate you and I don't even know why I hate you, but I do. Or the, you know, like, so I really do think it comes back to the lack of awareness. We can also sit here and say, you know, maybe check yourself to see are there certain things that you're doing right like I do think it's important to look at yourself and become reflective and notice if there are things that you're doing that are pushing people away you know is there a part of me that's coming forward am I being judgmental and that's something that you know another person's not vibing with Um, so looking at yourself and taking accountability if there are certain things that are coming forward that that you're doing that might be rubbing people the wrong way and then if you don't like your siblings partner which, you know, my, I have a brother, a younger yeah. brother, and that's happened one time. But, like, luckily, he also saw she wasn't bringing out the best of him. But he, but he had, like, a thing for this girl. We were terrified. I was like, this bitch will just get pregnant. Like, I hate this girl. And he was having panic attacks. He was like, my brother doesn't even, has never had one since. And it was, like, driving him crazy that he couldn't, that nobody, you know, nobody liked this girl because she was so terrible and so toxic. And luckily, he's not with her anymore. But um, I have a good girlfriend, and... Her brother married that girl and they have a child. And it's just like, I I think what I did, I think my, I didn't go about it the right way. I, My brother and I were getting in fights. We never fought. We've literally had three fights. They were dur- the, during the duration of this girl. And I f- think what would have been more hel- helpful would to sit down with him and be like, I love you more than anything in the world. And this person is not bringing out the best in you. You know, like what, what from a, there, from your standpoint, like what's the language there? Yeah, I mean, I think you're right in terms of where you, where you probably could have gone with it because I think what I hear from you is that you're protective of him, you love him, you don't want him to be in a dynamic that is unhealthy or dysfunctional for him. If he's having panic attacks for the first time in his life, like, hey, you know, like, is this yeah, relational hello. or like, <laughs> you know, what is this that's coming forward and coming from it from a space of of love and compassion, but. At the same time, sometimes people need to learn their, own, their own thing, you know, and that's the thing that's so hard when you watch someone who's in something that's unhealthy and you, whether it's a friend, whether it's a family member and you sort of want to step in and save them from it or block them from it or not have them go down that path. Like that's not, it isn't your work as a person who loves somebody else. Absolutely. You can reflect back to them what it is that you see and you can express concern, but you can't choose for them, mm-hmm. right? Like you can't solve that problem for them. That's, that's their, that's their story to earn, you know, like that's their work to earn. Um, so yeah, uh, probably the better way in is like, is what you were saying is just coming from that space of love, but it may not have changed the outcome as immediately as you as you wanted right. to, and I'm yeah, yeah, I wasn't like you break up with her, or we're done. Right, I mean, like I'm no, not you gonna be your sister. Yeah, anymore. I'm not your sister anymore. Yeah. You know, I was just like, well, fucking wrap it up because yeah. this bitch is crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, I think in your defense, at least you were able to say like, let's look at the landscape of our entire relationship. I've never had a problem with girlfriends before. I'm not coming from a crazy place right. where I hate all your girlfriends. Yes, I'm still friends it's, with all your exes. <laughs> right, it's just this one person I have a problem with. So like, see my side of it that this is like a one-off situation. And I think that like, there's almost no such, like people are like, I haven't done anything. 
And it's like, mm-hmm. that's almost never the case. Like, like when I'm saying like, I didn't get along with this sister, I didn't know her. I didn't meet this person. I didn't do anything because I didn't know her. But like, I think a lot well, of times. Well, you fucked her brother. That's what you did. <laughs> that's what you a did. A lot. <laughs> I fucked him a lot. Yeah, that might have been the thing. <laughs> Okay, so I love gift giving at this time of year, but when finding great gifts, things can really start to add up. And that's why this season I am shopping with Quince. Quince is the go-to place for luxury essentials at affordable prices for everyone on my list, including myself. We'd like to thank Quince for supporting our show. Go to quince.com slash GGE to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your order. So I'm really, really glad I found this company and this site. Everything is is so affordable, but looks really luxury. Uh, so as you're perusing it, they have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters. They have washable silk tops and dresses. They have cotton sweaters and all kinds of comfy stuff, like just cozy pants that you can wear. I love the colors. I love the styles, but the prices is, are really the reason to shop here on top of obviously the selection prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So it's unbelievable. It partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middleman. And it just passes the savings directly on to you from Quince. And I just love what they're doing. I love the styles. There's so much variety and it is such a one-stop shop, whether you're shopping for kids, your significant other, your parents, anybody will really love this. You can get affordable luxury for everyone on your list with Quince. Go to quince.com slash GGE to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash GGE for free shipping and 365 day returns. I'm glad that you said it. it's important to self-reflect because it's mm-hmm. it's almost never I didn't do anything. They everybody hates me and I didn't do anything. That's a crazy thing to think. Sure. You know, I think the only other thing that I'd offer is instead of always telling the other person about what's going on and what you see, actually getting curious about what their experience mm-hmm. is. Like, can you can you tell me about your relationship with her? Like, I I would like to know because maybe it looks a little bit different than you know what we see in our family gatherings yeah, and like actually understanding what he experiences with this person. I know this is long, long gone, but um, you know, for anybody who's listening, right. Getting curious instead of sometimes we come in like bulldozers and we're like, this relationship is bad and it's not for you. And I can see it. Uh Right. I can see so clearly. And that's, you know, yes, the reflection is, is positive and powerful in many ways, but they're coming from a good place. But also understanding what their experience of the relationship is because maybe they do open up and they say like, it's been really hard or I don't know how to get out of it Mm -hmm. or I'm really scared of X, you know? And so I think offering curiosity and asking questions about the relationship can also be something that we lean into. And maybe just so you understand why they love this person so you can break that bond. I'm kidding. Um, but like trying to understand, (laughs) like it really sounded good there for, for like the first part. I was like, I'm in, I'm nodding my head. I'm like, yes, if I can understand how you love them, I can love them. I just, I just love her hair. And you're like, I'll shave her head in her sleep Uh and then we'll be done with it. No, I, I, I have a friend that I, I've never been able to understand her and her partner's relationship. I, I don't want to get too specific because she'll know, but actually she knows, she knows. I don't, I don't totally approve it. I am always like, what do you love about him? And like the answers have never been satisfactory for me, but she's also a friend and she can live her life. And it it might feel a little different if it was my brother, but like, yeah, I, I, what I probably didn't do, and this was years ago when I was a little less mature too, was like, I couldn't bring myself to say, what do you like about 
Katie, mm-hmm. fake name, but you know, uh, maybe a little bit more mature person would be like, okay, I'm going to try here. What do you like about her? I, so I'll give you an example and then I'll ask the question. Like, I used to never share a lot of things about my most serious partner with my family. I think bad, the fights, anything like that. We weren't having terrible, horrible, like emotionally abusive fights. I just didn't share those things because I didn't want my family to form a relate uh, a thought around him and the feeling based on these negative times in our lives. And so, and you know, my dad has done this with me with his wife as well, where he shared things about her in bad times where now I can't ever unknow those things. And it has formulated my opinion of these people and I can't unformulate it. So mm-hmm. like as the partner, like how can you manage not telling people that kind of stuff like I'm sure like it sounds like Matt didn't well Matt really didn't tell have to, you he didn't have to stuff. tell it it was yeah. apparent it sounds like you saw that stuff but I dealt with that it was with an ex of mine like there was things that I didn't share until because we were always getting back together on and off for for a long time where I was like if I share this thing he'll never be allowed around my family again and they know that stuff now but there I just knew this also comes with maturity. I think like you, I, th- I think like when you're younger, you just like spew everything mm-hmm. out. And if you're good friends with your mom and you just like tell your friends everything because you're so worked up. And I think the older you get, you draw it more in because you know that you hate this person right now and you think you're never going to get back together with them. But then your head clears and you're like, I probably shouldn't tell my best friend this horrible thing he just did because she'll never be able to look him in the face again. Yeah. Right. So I think like when I hear people say like my parent, my, my partner's whole family hates me and I don't get it. Like, right. I think I think a lot of times they've probably shared those situations and you're not aware of what's been said behind your back. Yeah, a lot of couples have agreements with each other around, you know, like the privacy of some of the more intimate details of of the relationship. Like, yeah, you don't just go off and tell your, you know, a parent every time you have a fight. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I do get that. Like you're trying to protect the image of the person. And, you know, a lot of times we don't go and talk about all the positives. Like we don't, we tend to focus on sharing the negatives because in those times is when we need more support. And, you know, sometimes we're looking for people to validate our side of things or our experience. So yes, like is there there should there be a boundary around how much we spew and how much we share absolutely is there a need to sometimes share that with someone you trust whether it's a therapist or you know a really good friend who you who you know is able to have i like to call it like elasticity with the relationship where it's like okay like we all go through hard things right. we you, all you, do you know like that you like have ha- right she'll be fine no that's right what. because the reality of it is is like we all we all have hard moments right like sometimes some relationships have many more of them and they're much more frequent, but we do have hard moments. And if we have some story that like, you need to be perfect in order for me to like your partner, like that's, that's pretty skewed. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to have at least one or two people that you can go to where you don't have to process all of it on your own. Um, but also trusting that that person has that elasticity to know that, you know, people go through hardship and sometimes we do fight and sometimes we do say, um, you know, terrible things to each other. And that doesn't mean that it has to change your full vision of this person. The other piece that I want to say is that, you know, sometimes, for example, if it's something like a partner has cheated, that's what I was going to say. It's when, when you go through that healing process and if you do choose to stay with that person through it and after it, when you are really grounded in that decision, most people can feel that and understand why you've chosen to commit to this relationship, why you've chosen to like, whether it's a, a forgiveness or a letting go or starting a new chapter. And so when you can present 
why you guys are staying together. You know, generally speaking, people will get on board with that. If you feel unsure, then people feel unsure, right? It's like sort of that energy that you bring to it. Like if it's like, we fought, now we're back together. We fought, now we're back together and like nothing's changing. Then people are like, bullshit, you know? But if you are Mm -hmm. actually leaning into the work and you've come out the other side of whether it's therapy or whatever it is that you might be doing to um, reconcile and it's grounded and clear, people get it. Like you can, I don't know if you've ever experienced this with friends before. I certainly have. um, And then obviously with clients, but you can tell when a person like knows why they're taking this person back, like why they're continuing on with the relationship. And when it feels grounded, you're like, I trust you. And they're not asking for your opinion either. The decision is I'm doing this decision. And I would imagine that like, right. I'm not asking for your approval. Right. And also, by the way, I just say, Ashley and I are never saying, don't talk to me about your problems. You should talk, but like maybe mom and sis aren't the people you talk to after a tiff with your significant other. Yeah. And this happened actually with a, with an ex of mine that like he did something terrible and it kind of affected our family. Whatever. I'm not going to get into details. It wasn't anything crazy, but, um, well, it was crazy. But anyway, bottom line, I wanted him to still come to Christmas. We got back together and my mom was like, your dad doesn't want him to come. Mm. And so you got to talk to your dad. And I was like, what? Like I, my dad, like has never said no to me or disappointed me. He'd been <laughs> disappointed in me. You know, like I couldn't believe it. And I had to like call him on the phone and like explain the situation and why, why happened, happened and try to paint my partner in a sympathetic light and win my dad back over to get him to allow this guy to come into our home and spend a holiday with us. And, you know, I was able to do it and my dad's a great guy. And, uh, so I kind of did that too. And then we, obviously we still work up, but like it was a, a situation, but I, I don't know. I have a girlfriend and it's just, it's like she, this guy just cheated on her multiple times. I think he's just a cheater. I think he's just a piece of shit guy. I think he's that kind of guy that's like, I'll always get her back. You know, however, I'll do it once and I'll get her back with the jewelry and I do it again. I'll get her back with this. I'll do it a third time. I'll get her back by proposing. And I, it's like, I can be happy for, I guess, but I never want to be in the same room with that guy. I know, but everything that you just said reveals that you don't trust her. Would you trust her? Yeah. Like you don't trust her decision-making. You don't right. trust her strength within herself. Right. Right. Like you can see everything that's f- happening when you trust someone, right? When you trust a friend, yeah. right? Do you see what I'm saying? Like yeah. when you trust that person, you can see that they've done the work mm-hmm. to be able to see clearly, to not just get, you know, the, the gift or the, this or the, that, right? Like that's, that's the distinction you will. If that person had done healing work and this guy became really honest and you, you would start to to feel that you would see that you, it would be represented in the relationship. I know we said before, like maybe nobody's really asking for for your permission, but like you're still feeling it. Like if you have a partner and you have to integrate them back into your family. And sometimes that does take time after an affair for sure, but it's earned over time, right? The fam- like family members might be able to start to see the changes, the integration, the, the work that the couple has done. A lot of couples stay together after affairs. And I would say a lot of the time they are stronger, more open, have, have had an awakening through that process that sometimes isn't understood by other people, um, but can sometimes be felt once you start to see that couple in motion again. I think you're, uh, well, what you're feeling is that that guy, I didn't like didn't do change. the work and feel totally. bad. Totally, but this fair yeah. on his wife. He cheated on his fucking hot, young, beautiful girl multiple over times, and, over and then yeah. every time he came back and he was like, "I did the work." I totally. feel, no, I think maybe you're, like, you're a sociopath. I yeah, mean, what? It's just absolutely. You never know, and like I, you know, I hope it works mm-hmm. out for them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I well, of course you want the best for your friend, but I think it's tough sometimes when you're like. 
this isn't the one time affair that you guys did the work. This is just a cheater. Totally. And you can sniff it out for sure. I mean, the example that you're giving is like one of the most obvious ones. You're like, I can see it so clearly. And I can see you're like, you are saying that your friends sort of blocks or limitations or like whether it's a lack of worth or lack of confidence, even though she's this young, beautiful, you know, et cetera, et cetera, all the things that you said, or like that there is something where there's a lack of, you know, self-respect or a lack of worth or a lack of deservingness to be treated in a certain way. And it's, it isn't, you certainly don't trust him, but my point was like not trusting the individual mm-hmm. to make the decision for themselves that you know is going to respect and honor her. Right. Right. But, but also it's okay. Like, what am I, what am I going to do? There's not, there's not a whole lot there. And sometimes that means that, you know, the relationship, the friendship, shifts. Yeah. You know, like haven't, I I, honestly, we have not. Yeah. Cause we talked so much when she was like single and Uh just, you know, it's a kind of thing you also feel like, I feel like a fool. We have logged so many hours, like getting you over this guy Mm -hmm. for you to get back together with him. And I mean, I've been there too. I had a back and forth relationship where my friends were just like, Oh really? Again, like I'm done wasting my time talking to you, but But that's probably how you're feeling. This is super applicable to your family too. Like your mom probably listens to you cry and cry and cry and be hysterical about stuff. And then you're just like, can take them back. Right. You know, and you know, my family, they're not entitled to just, they don't have to listen to me cry about something and just forever. And then I'm just, I wake up and I take the person back. And so I understand being angry and being mad. And I guess you just also like, we shouldn't always be afraid to have the fight, have the fight. If your family is mad at you about that stuff, then like you should talk about it and have the fight. I don't know. And own it. Like, I know I'm sorry. I wasted all your times. I thought it was over. We're back together now. Deal with it. (laughs) No, I don't know. I, I also, I wanted to back up too to the stuff about not getting along with, with the families. Like, where where is like the line of like you have to just like zip it on something you don't agree with with somebody's family like you hate this thing but it really isn't affecting you so how do you just shut the fuck up what would something not affecting you be um I, I guess not affecting you but affecting your partner you know like maybe they have a really toxic family member and you see it affecting your partner mm. but you're like that's his dad or something, you know, like, can I really tell him his dad's a piece of shit? You know, can I, can I say these words? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think that was a problem that I've experienced in the past where I just can't shut the fuck up. You know, like I'm my, the thoughts I'm having are flowing and it it comes from a place of love. Mm -hmm. It comes from a place of like, I care about you and don't want you to have to go through this. But then there's a line where then you just insulted their mom. Sure. But I know what you're saying where you're just like, I need you to draw the line because you are being emotionally abused and you're being taken advantage of and like everybody else around you is so crazy and like I need you to stick up for yourself. Right, and yes. Like when are you even allowed? Yeah, I mean, your dad's mm-hmm. a piece of shit. It's not like the verbiage, but like that is what you want to scream at some point where you just watch me to get trampled all the time. Right, mm-hmm. that's 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 a great example, yeah. And it's just like you, I yeah. care for you. Yeah, you're talking about like setting the boundary for your partner when they're not able to set it for themselves. And especially when that's been the pattern probably for, you know, decades upon decades. Um, Sometimes having that conversation with your partner outside of the family unit, like Connor and I, my husband and I, we've, we've had this conversation before and, you know, we, I remember, you know, talking about a dynamic with my mom and, Connor said, you know, I know that at some point, like when I see this happen, I'm, I am going to step in and I'm going to say something to her. And probably, I don't know, maybe like eight months ago, it, it played out. And he was like, to my mom, he's like, Erna, 
you're not listening to her. Like, pause for a second. And he did it respectfully. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, like it I wasn't like, I'm like turned on here. <laughs> it wasn't an attack <laughs> on her. He's, so he's great. Yeah. He's, he's awesome. But your husband but, can also be like, I'm, I, I earned this. I'm her mm-hmm. husband. I've spent sure. enough time reading the situation. Sure. And yeah. I think he's allowed to say that too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and, and she did listen to him and she did pause and he was really, he was firm and stern with her without putting her down, without being rude to her. And, and she was able to listen to parts of it, even though she, I don't think she got the whole thing, but you know, I, I remember like feeling like, okay, like I really actually appreciate you being able to witness this experience because when I say it, it wasn't getting through, it wasn't shifting anything. But when you said it, it came from whatever we talked about the third party third before, party, right? Like right, it's like, course. here's this person stepping in to say, this is what I'm observing. Like you need to stop because what you're doing is, you know, affecting her in X, Y, Z way. Mm-hmm. Now, I had given that permission ahead of time. So I think sometimes it's like, is what I'm going to do going to be like, is it going to serve something or is it going to just cause more chaos? And your partner may not want you to do that. And then part of our work is to set boundaries then and say, well, I'm not comfortable listening to your parent be so critical of Mm -hmm. you every single time I'm home. And like, I don't want to, I, as your partner, I don't want to observe that. I don't want to be privy to that. And and that might mean I don't, I actually am not going to go with you because I can't, I can't witness this. And people have to take those stands sometimes. I know it can sound really extreme and kind of dramatic, but when you're really affected by someone being treated a certain way, sometimes it's being the person who's willing to take the stand where then finally your partner might be like, whoa, like you actually just did that. And even if that upsets the family, like that's okay. You're like the system's allowed to shake. You're not here to make it peaceful for everyone else all of the time. When something's really disrespectful or critical or abusive or whatever, like you are allowed to take a stand. And I know plenty of people who go home on their own and they're like, yeah, my partner won't join me because like you're super critical. Well, and I I think women, you get turned off by it. Like you're like, I'm watching you just get shit on and disrespected. It's like, and you can't stand up for yourself. And I am feeling like, I hate to say it it sounds so shallow, but like kind of turned off by it. Mm -hmm. Like you look like a little bitch. Mm -hmm. Stand up to your family. I I don't know. I just think that's kind of, it's tough to, every family's different. And I can picture a scenario also where someone that's a little more vulnerable with a little more dysfunctional family is like, okay, well, they're all I have. You know what I mean? And like, you're just my girlfriend. So I mean, unless you're signing up to be my family for the rest of my life, I'm not going to turn away. You know, I'm not going to go up against my family. I don't know. And there's tons of different. It's interesting though, because it's like resting on whether or not I'm going to have my own family with you or not. Mm -hmm. When at the end of the day, it's not even about that. It's It's about about like setting boundaries and having self-respect and honor and being able to confront something when, you know, it's not right. And, and so I totally get what you're saying about it not being something that is like favorable or, you know, like a turn on because what's happening is like, I don't trust you to be able to confront or have a hard conversation or set a boundary or like communicate something. And that is information for you as the partner, right? Like what you're witnessing is, a representation of how that partner then shows up in other areas too, right? Like, so when you have somebody who can set a boundary or speak up for themselves or say that I'm not going home or like, you know, confront an issue that, that does tell you that they're able to do that with you in other areas of their lives, et cetera. Do you see situations where you have to tell a client like, 
you know what, like this just isn't your place and just, you're just going to have to get over this. I, and I don't, maybe not mm-hmm. where your partner's being disrespected, but there's something else within the family that you're like, maybe it's cheating or I don't, whatever it is, something you don't agree with and you have mm-hmm. to just be like, that's not your battle to fight, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes we look at the things that we have control over and the things that we don't have control over. That's mm-hmm. a lot of, that's a lot of the conversations in therapy because what you can and cannot affect and how those things that you can't control are taking up space in your world. Like if you're getting so upset and you're getting so activated by something that you actually have no access over, or like what does that then mean for you? Mm-hmm. You're just going to be in chaos, but you can't actually control that. So then it does become about, you know, letting go, accepting the things that you, you can't control, setting the boundary. So you're not affected by it as much. Like if you're, I don't know, like frequency of experience, like how often you're around a person who like yeah. really triggers you or, you know, that type of thing. So yeah, you have to work on the, yes, it is. It is true that sometimes in therapy that when there are things that are outside of your control, like you are being, you're thinking about what it looks like to let go and accept. I think that like it's really. I mean, I've learned this a lot recently, and I thought about do I want to talk about this on this episode, but it's okay. I'll talk about it lightly. And I don't. I just don't really get along with my father's wife. And for me, I need to like. I got so angry last week at all the mm-hmm. stuff that happened. Yeah, I was like on the street screaming. I was crying. I was calling Ashley. I'm calling my other family members. I'm calling my mom. Mm-hmm. I'm so mad about all these things. And I. I just like. I have to find a way to be okay and not let this person affect me like this because it's it's unhealthy for me yeah. and they're not splitting up and I need to find a way to communicate to my father. I still love you. I support you. I just can't be around this. And I think that maybe it is just, you just can't be around the person. And mm-hmm. that is just sort of the end of it. But it's tough for you because you want to see your dad, you know? And so you've had, since we've been friends, you have had a struggle with explaining to your father that like, I want you to come without her and you've had to tread really lightly and you've made it happen. Yeah. At least I will say like my partner in the situation is my father. He he does understand. Mm -hmm. So at least he's not saying to me, this is crazy. He understands how I feel. He just doesn't want to go home to his partner and have those fights either. Mm -hmm. Um, He's just trying to keep the peace. Yeah. But it is really tough. And I've, I've had to say to my, like, I think that like all these things are really nice in theory, but like you in practice, it's really hard to do these things. I want to give credit for that. It is really, really tough and yeah. practice to do this. We we did this last year. We talked about the holidays. Like and you said it earlier, like times change. Like this isn't we need to spend Thanksgiving with my family. We need to spend Christmas with your family. You don't have to. Like it's not this there's no rules. If you don't get along with this person's family, let them go home with their family, let you be with yours. There's no it's not really always one big happy family. And I think people get wrapped up in this like old school way where you we did this and then we did that. It's like you just don't have to. Mm-hmm. Like set your boundaries. You're probably gonna have a healthier relationship with this person's family that you hate when you don't go see them, you know, have the relationship from afar, be friends with them on Facebook. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I think what you're saying about your your dad's wife is really reminding yourself of the expectations when you walk into that space. Cause I think when you're saying like you're there and then, you know, like you're outside and you're crying and you're calling your friends and like right, all the things, it's like there's a disappointment that winds up happening, right? Like there's something where and maybe it's I am just hoping that this time is going to be different, right? And maybe that's not your story, but I think it can be a lot of people's stories where it's like you yeah. go back into that space and you're like, maybe we're going to get along this time, or maybe mom's not going to be critical, or maybe dad's not going to be drinking as much, or you know, and you yeah. you get hopeful. And I always say like that line between hopefulness and dysfunction is really thin sometimes, where we tell ourselves a story that sets us up for feeling really sad and disappointed and upset. And sometimes when we go back into that space where the 
the expectation is off and then the thing happens. We're like, oh, like why did I like tell myself that mm-hmm. it could have been different? And we're, that that focuses on you know the part where the things are maybe not as changeable as we'd like them to be. And so when we go into it with the very clear expectation of like what I really ought to expect in going home or going to see dad is like if if his partner is there, like this is what I'm going to probably feel. And if you're pleasantly surprised, awesome. But to, to sort of prep yourself for the worst. That, well, and I know that sounds like pretty negative. No, it and not. I don't but like it is. it is really important to just ground into what you know is true and not allow this hopeful part of you. And it's, it's a sweet part that so many of us have. That's like, maybe it will be different. Right. And, and really bringing that part back into the center where it's like, it's not, if it's not going to be different, what should I expect? And how do I need to like really protect my energy in that space so that I don't have to have my world sort of flipped upside down when it, when the thing happens. Well, you probably did that with your sister's, your brother's girlfriend too. You're like, I'm a rational smart person. I can get along with anybody. Yeah. Right. Every situation you're like, I'm going to be fine. Yeah. But then you just can't. <laughs> yeah. You like let yourself down. You're like, I can manage these emotions. It's and so true. Feelings, and then like, you just can't. And it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, it was funny because, um, she, um, one time she came to Christmas and, uh, I tried, I was like, cute outfit or whatever. Like I was like, I'm going to get along with her. <laughs> going She's to the club. a fun party yeah. girl. You know, like I don't hate her personality actually. You know, my brother liked her. So there's something there. And I was like, I'm doing so great. Like, you know, I'm, I'm going to like her. He, she's here in our home. Killing it. And then like a few days later, she flipped out because she saw on social media that I had been hanging out with one of his exes and came down on him and they were fighting. And so my brother took it out on me and I'm like, this bitch is ruined in our family. Like I like it, I tried and I was like, it's different now. Maybe she's changed. And then she picked a fight with him a few days later based on something mm-hmm. so wild that he, then he and I fought. And that's when I was like, Hey Matt, we never fight. Right. You get, you realize that. And this is like the third fight in a year, like all stemming from this girl. But yeah, I did have the moment where I was like, I'm going to be better. I'm going to make an effort with her. Oh God, I get worked up. I know. I feel like we're in a therapy session. It does. Like I, I didn't think we would talk that much about if you don't like, if you're the family and you don't like the significant other, but yeah, it can make you insane. Yeah. I wanted to talk about difference in family structures because obviously everyone's a product of their family. Mm-hmm. And um, I think this is something I've struggled with. I'm sure I might not have friends that have and, and listeners and our listeners probably have too is, you know, there's this adage of like, you end up with somebody that has the same type of family as you, you know, is your husband an only child by any chance? He is an only child from his parents and then they divorce and then they went on to have. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, whatever. And you can tell me if I'm wrong, but you hear a lot, like my parents are happily married. I'm going to find a partner with that's parents happily married. I'm an only child. I'm going to be with an only child. You know, I think there's all these, or I have a really broken home and a lot of trauma. So I find somebody that understands that. And yeah, we fight back and forth, but at least we know where the other person's coming from, you know, and I had a situation where like, I just have this really perfect, stable family. And I fell in love with somebody that had a really not stable family with a lot of trauma. And I had never experienced it before. And it, I was not, uh, equipped to handle it at all. Like I didn't, I never dealt with that. The, where a person's triggers come from. Like, I think now I would be a lot more equipped, but I'd love to speak to that of like, 
you fall for somebody for other reasons and then stuff starts to get dredged up Mm -hmm. and where do you go? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that oftentimes we can be attracted to familiarity, I think is what you're saying, right? It's like that there's some type of structure, there's some type of experience that that has happened that sort of brings you together, bonds you, that that is when you're first meeting that person you're like, I totally get you, you know, like that, that feeling of familiarity. And so, yeah, like sometimes it may look structural, like, Oh, you've got siblings. So, and I do, you know, and like, that's really important to me because I want to be with a big family. Sometimes it, it doesn't have to look exactly that way, but why are we drawn into people? And, and usually, right. Like there's a, from a subconscious place, there's a, there's a pull into like, can I, can I heal with you? And sometimes someone can see the, the example of the family that they've, that they've craved for. And so there can be this sort of pull that is giving you the thing that the, like that you didn't have before. So we can be on both sides of that, right? Sometimes in patterns, we wind up choosing people who are going to trigger us really similarly in the same way that our, that our family system has, it sort of repeats the wounding, right? So for example, if, you know, if you had an alcoholic father, let's say, who was so distracted by the drinking and like really wasn't present, you may not choose a partner who who drinks, but you may choose somebody who prioritizes something else. And so the familiarity is, I don't feel important. I don't feel like I'm a priority in your life. It may be work. It may be, you know, like it just, it could be something totally different than alcohol. Um, But that familiarity of the wounding and the pain can sometimes resurface. Sometimes we're aware of what I didn't get and what I really crave in a partnership is the opposite, right? So sometimes we take the path of repetition or we take the path of opposition. If I didn't have a great family system, I'm looking for someone who has the like the picture of the perfect family. I'm going to oppose what it is that I grew up in so that I can like heal, quote unquote, that way. The problem is, is if we're not bringing our, like if we're not doing our work, we don't know why we're choosing what we're choosing. We don't know why we're leaning into certain things. And so sometimes we recreate the same. I'm sure you've had friends who have been like, I keep dating the same type of person over and over and over again. And if you're ever guilty of saying that, like there's a wound that's getting just recreated that you're not bringing enough awareness to, to understand what it is that you're actually needing in order to, to heal. Um, it's, this work can be confusing, right? Like it's hard to unpack all of it probably on a podcast for people where it like lands, but, but that is the work of understanding like why I'm choosing who I'm choosing or like what, how we come together and, you know, are there certain things that I heal? Did you want to like save him or fix him or what was your role with him? Not really. What? I feel like that's who he, that, want to do I that. feel like that's who he needed was somebody that mm-hmm. felt a little more like that. But I think that it's just figuring out how does that person fit into my family and how can I understand that? And like, can it ever work if somebody comes from so much trauma and they don't value family necessarily? I'm not saying he didn't, but like mm-hmm. I've dated people who come from a ton of trauma and they're like, what do I need family for? I have friends. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. You know, mm-hmm. can that person ever fit into the dynamic of like mine and Ashley's family where it's like, oh my God, our families are so perfect. But like, yeah, mm-hmm. we're very blessed and we're very lucky. Both of our brothers are with mm-hmm. people that we really love as well and love their family and so mm-hmm. like can we date somebody yeah sometimes sometimes not right like I think right. if there's room for 
for the narrative to shift and, and change a little bit. Sometimes, yes. Like sometimes that's the thing that they know and they haven't understood or valued it in the same way just because they haven't, they don't have the same history as you do. Or you're right. If somebody's like really in sort of like one end of the spectrum where they're like, screw that, like that, I don't care about that. Yeah. Like those might be the differences where you're like, okay, like the things that we really value in this world are just misaligned. We can be compatible in certain areas of the relationship and then have something that's that's missing that is a really big you know pillar of of your relational values that isn't there that may be the reason you you know end a relationship well and i think therapy is huge and what i did in that relationship was go to therapy to try to understand my relationship and him more. And then he went to therapy and then, which he needed to go to therapy. I've not, most people do. I just think someone has to do the work. Cause I think there's a level of like, I have all these triggers because of the way I was brought up and I'm taking them out on you and using you as a punching bag and not doing the work. And then there's like, I'm doing the work. Please just like bear with me. Like I'm trying my hardest, Mm -hmm. you know, like I, hoping to get there and just kind of like need your support and Mm -hmm. in this time, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just think there's relationships like that can just be like, there's could just be a lot of volatility. And I have, I know a couple that they, when they started, they fought a lot. Now they're, they're great and they're married and, but they, they both, they both have some family trauma and, and and broken families. And they, it's just, they're, they're really a health, healthy, happy couple, but their, their vibe has always been like us against the world. You know what I mean? Like they're very like, we're doing holidays, just us, you know, we don't need our crazy fucking family around. You know, I think there's that can work too. I don't know. It just, I know it can work when you have come from a completely different families, but I see it more likely that people have similar family structures. Yeah. I think you just have to have patience. And we say this all the time. Like think about what you're, like you said, pillars of, mm-hmm. of what you want. And if that is not a pillar of what they want, then like that maybe just isn't your person. Like mm-hmm. if I had somebody that just wanted to go away to the Bahamas for Thanksgiving and Christmas every year, that's, that's just probably not my person. They don't value the things. I don't need to be at home for Thanksgiving, but the overall yeah. theme of that is like, we don't need to be with your family. Mm-hmm. And that's probably not my person. Well, this and one. that's similar values is like, my partner that I mentioned, like, like there was good family members there and they, he really valued them. So he valued family, like, which is, we can work with this is like, we, you know, we both see like, we're, they're really important to us, you know, the family members that we have. And it's like, if someone just didn't value family, like I, I once dated a guy that just, he wasn't close with his siblings. He wasn't close with his parents and couldn't really tell me why. And, Again, like maybe had we dated longer, I would have found out, but I don't really think there was anything crazy there. You know, his parents were still together. His, his dad was a doctor. I mean, you know, I'm, I just, I don't think he was like abused and molested is what I'm saying. Like, I I don't know. I think he just didn't really care about anybody. Wait, you're so, I went on a date with this guy and he said he had a brother and a sister and he was like, no, we're not close. And I was like, why? And he was like, just don't feel like it. I was like, I never went out with him again. I thought yeah. that was a crazy it was a, thing. It was a huge red flag. And like, he wouldn't spend holidays <laughs> with them. He was, you know, he was like a, a climber. Did you guys watch Free Solo? Those yeah. people are weird. Anyway, no offense. But like, he was like, and the, like that guy was kind of like that detached, mm-hmm. the guy in the movie, the, the Free Solo, which is yes. great. Can't recommend enough. Um, but I just knew we weren't going to work. So it's like, sure. if you have this really dysfunctional family, but you love them and you want it, you, you value them. That's more for me. We can go somewhere from here, but day one, I'm eh, really <laughs> close to my family. Eh, I'm like, like, I need more information. We're not going out that. again. <laughs> well, I'm just, I don't want to sign up to like unravel three decades of how people fucked you up. 
I, I just, I don't know if I can, maybe I can. I don't know. It's not my job. That's mm. what I'm saying. Like, I will be around for the highs and the lows, but I don't know that it's my job to, to do Well, that. I mean, I think that generally speaking, we're, we're, we're looking for people who have at least done some of their own work, yeah. right? So like, regardless of what your like family structure and, and, and the makeup of your history. Like if you've done work to address it, like that's, that's the thing that really matters. What, what the details are like, okay. Like most people have a bit of a story, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. that's okay. Of course. But when you don't address it, when it's just like running the, the show and you're like, I don't know. I don't know why I feel anything. You know, like, yeah, that's, that's generally not the partner who's going to be able to, I like to say, stand shoulder to shoulder with you where you're like that, that team aspect of it where you're like, yeah, we're committed to doing the work. We've got stuff. Of course, everybody's got it. And I trust you to look at your stuff. You trust me to look at mine. I'm not responsible for you. You're not responsible for me. Of course, as a team, we're there to, you know, like help each other and, um, you know, be committed to each other's growth. But yeah, I'm with you in in that regard. Like you can, I think you can tell pretty early on whether or not a person is like introspective, has done any, any form of self-reflection whatsoever. And if they're, they haven't done that, like that's going to be a really right. hard dynamic to, to navigate. Um, so that's my two cents on well, it. <laughs> I think sometimes women want to save this guy. So I think sometimes you could have a woman and this can happen. I think I think you grow up and I think you mature and kind of realize that's a, a little unrealistic. It can happen, I guess. We get emails and messages all the time from girls and they're in their 20s and I'm reading it and I'm like, that guy has work to do. Like, you, you can't save this guy. You know, like, they, they write this long story and I am just thinking... That guy needs to go to therapy or something. I don't know the answer, but he's trying You're to work. Not the answer. He's trying yes. to work through his trauma through you and think probably on some level thinks if she just loves me enough, I'll be fixed. And it doesn't work like that. And I, you know, it's it's sad because I think sometimes you just really love these people. Of course. And especially if it's your first love, you mm. know, it's just like I just picture this like, you know, 22-year-old couple and they're so in love, and this girl's just like He's so broken, but I'll fix it. You know, if I just love him enough, and then again, guys, can't recommend enough. Go back to our episode called "Should Love Be Unconditional?" because we have thoughts on that too. But you learn the hard way. That's what I'm saying. And so I think people need to do the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You learn the hard way. Like you have to go through. You have to have your own takeaways from it. Those things over time give you the information that you need to hopefully get to a place where you are, you know, choosing well and sort of seeing the full big picture. Um, in that example, like a lot of people think that if if you choose me, then I am worthy enough and good mm-hmm. enough and loved enough too on the other side of it. Like I can love you enough to fix you, but also if you navigate this and choose me, then I'm then I know that I'm validated and affirmed too. So there's like so many layers that play out in real <laughs> in dynamics. Um, but yes, as you as you move through it, as you date, as you have endings and breakups, you go through all of the ebbing and flowing that relationships bring forward for us. You know, listen to the things like look for the takeaways, spend time in trying to gather the information that the experience is trying to teach you because it will inform you as you move on and, you know, get back into the dating world or 
or start know, a podcast or start a podcast and have people on and learn about it <laughs> and invite therapists on your podcast yeah, yeah. talk about guys we're not paying for this therapy session all, that's all I'm saying I don't know what your hourly rate is but this has been free no um, you'll get a, you'll get tens of thousands of Instagram followers we paid you um, this is great is yeah. there any other like takeaways yeah, in I terms mean, of like we, we have a little bit more time I mean I would do you, do you have any overwhelming things that people come to you with when it has to do with family and relationships? I mean, navigating in-laws for sure. I mean, I think a lot of what we talked about today are the things that a lot of people who are partnered are dealing with for sure. Um, Maybe not for people who are single and and dating at the moment, although maybe they have their, you know, siblings, partners coming back or they're dealing with um, setting boundaries with family. But I would say this time of year, of course, um, boundaries and and really aligning with your yeses and your noes and just like protecting your energy is really important because you oftentimes do go back into family systems where sometimes the beliefs are really different. I have so many, you know, a lot of times there's transplants in in New York city. And so when they go back home somewhere and the belief systems you were talking about, um, just loosely like politics and religion where you're like, Oh, like we're just, we are misaligned and okay, that's okay. But like, how do I navigate this space with you? And so that's one of the things that's been coming up a lot Mm -hmm. in sessions as of late, um, as people are starting to anticipate and predict like what they're going to be dealing with and like how they have to listen to that person, you know, say the thing that they always say every year, like prepping themselves for the person to ask them like why they're single because you're so beautiful and I just don't understand it. Or like, Oh, when are you having the baby? It's like, a lot of people who are super intrusive with their questioning and you know, like how, how you do prepare and set those boundaries for yourself so that you don't get drained and also like get a hotel. Yeah. I I mean, if you can afford it, not a lot of people. Yeah. If you're younger, a lot of time, I mean, there was, Mm -hmm. I can't imagine Uh getting a hotel for sure. Yeah. If you go to like family Christmas dinner and there is like the racist uncle and like mm-hmm. he says the most outlandish, most racist, fucked up thing, like mm-hmm. I, I just don't know what I would do. I want to. Mm-hmm. Also, here is an, I just from at that point I need my heart partner to have my back. Like that's when I'm like shoving him under the table. Like, can you tell Uncle Frank? You know, or yeah. But I think I think sometimes you just what bite your tongue. I mean, but I be don't be a good fucking partner also ahead of time and like you your partner should tell you this shit ahead of true. time. True, true, like, true, true. It is crazy if you have like a super racist uncle or like a super Trump supporting mom, you've got home with them and like you just never knew. I know yeah. that happens probably a lot that you do walk <laughs> into those situations. Men are stupid. They just haven't told you. But like, yeah, men don't even tell you like where, the, what time the wedding is that you're going with them <laughs> to until the day of maybe they probably lost the invitation anyway, but well, they're not um, the best with preparation. I don't know if you follow Rachel Cargill on Instagram, but she wrote an article about like how to address exactly that. Uh Um, She's a woman of color and it's a, it's a pretty cool article. I think it's something like how to, how to deal with the racist comments like from your uncle at Thanksgiving. Um, But it's a, I think that, that article is probably a good place to look okay. and like, yeah, like, is it something that you confront? Like, obviously people sometimes feel really strongly about those things when it's like so unjust or you're like, no, like this is wrong. I can't bite my tongue and you really <sighs> want to take a stand. And so, but you're not going to get anywhere. Sure. And I think that's, it, it's a good thing to think about ahead of time. Like you're saying, like, give me that heads up because I do want to know how I want to respond, right? Like, is it something that I'm going to like educate someone on? Is it something that I am going to, 
bite my tongue on because I just feel drained and I'm not going to get into this, this type of conversation with someone who's not going, who's not committed to like hearing me. I like to physically remove myself. Like I, I think saying I'm going to excuse myself makes a clear statement Mm -hmm. that I'm uncomfortable and hopefully when you return mm-hmm. to the table, they have stopped because they got the message. And yeah. like, I had to do that just at a birthday party one time. I have a friend and uh, her husband's family can, te- mm-hmm. can veer that way. And whatever was happening in the news at the time, his mom said something that I was like, no, 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 it's happening. I feel like my blood mm-hmm. start to boil. And I just went into the kitchen. You know, I just was yeah. like, if I sit here and hear one more thing, I might say something. Yeah. So I just like physically left the room. Sometimes you take those, you know, there, there are steps that you can take and maybe at, at first it's removing yourself. Maybe the next time it's saying, I really feel uncomfortable with this conversation. Yeah. I know sometimes it's not about being dramatic, but like, I, I do think that we do have to be allies or at least personally, I feel that way. Like the, for people of color, they really need um, people in the privileged position to to say something, to acknowledge it, because usually it's it's how someone who is not a person of color is going to be able to hear it, as opposed to like two people going at war, a person right. of color, and not. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for me, I do think as an ally, when you're like, I don't, I don't agree with this, or I don't believe in this, right? finding the way that you know isn't so drama filled and it's not about getting into conflict and this like full on chaos and knowing that they're not even going to hear it. But even when you're just dropping those seeds where you're just like, I'm not going to engage in this conversation or like that's a racist comment and that I just feel uncomfortable. Um, You know, sometimes like just saying it and then moving your energy, like leaving the room, going upstairs, like sometimes those are the like little awakenings where people are just like, Oh shit. Like, okay. So I, I'm a big believer in, in like, Yes, not necessarily getting into the like full blowout conversation yeah. because a lot of times the other person is certainly not going to be able to hear you. And they're not going to think, who's going to think you're a terrible person if somebody says a terrible racial Correct. thing or a ter- and, and that you get up and remove or yourself? About like, women. what do I care oh, if they yeah. think I'm an asshole for getting well, up and leaving mm-hmm. or calling them out? I just, you know, right. I don't care. I don't well, agree with you. I, yeah. I don't believe the same things that you believe. Yeah. Right? And we should all be doing that with our family and our friends for 100%. Like, this is how you are an ally to whoever women Mm -hmm. people of color Mm -hmm. is to like call out your Mm -hmm. family members and friends I think that's one thing you can do but it's I'm talking more when it's their family and so that's when yes lightly I would hope if I was sitting there and I haven't run into this thank god but if I was sitting there with my partner and it was like his crazy racist uncle I'm like uh are you gonna do anything about this do you want a blowjob ever again you need to call your uncle out he's a racist asshole. <laughs> yeah. And those are some of those conversations, like the preparation conversations of like, Hey, this really does make me feel uncomfortable. And I like, I would really like you to take a stand. Like how, like, how are we yeah. going to handle this? If it yeah. should happen, hopefully it won't mm-hmm. or it does. And then the next time you go, like you have the plan in place. Right. Yeah. 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 But I just, my thing is like, I can't sit there. I feel like mm. complicit. Totally. So I don't know. I just feel like the minute I open up my mouth, I will go to a million. Mm. Like I know that's the thing. I can't hear like a racial slur, slur against women, any support of Donald Trump at all. Like I'll, I just can't. I just have to leave mm-hmm. the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done eating. I'm out. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I'm glad we covered that too. Um, and we we actually did a whole episode last year about how to handle the like, when are you single or when, you know, it's called single all the way. Cause we can probably talk <laughs> talk with you about that for another hour. Um, I read this thing. I think Jared Fried wrote it. He was like, no one cares that much about you. 
Like mm-hmm. if the people are like, are you single? It's just, it's just a question That's to what ask. We said that last year. We said people just want something to talk to you about and they don't have enough content in their life. And they're, if, you know, your people in your small town, right. they don't know what else to ask you. Well, what are they going to talk to you about? They're dumb if kids. If you pivot Sorry. the conversation, like, yeah, I'm, I'm just dating yeah. around. But anyway, here's what's going on in my job. They will follow. Yeah. People are just asking to create conversation. Mm-hmm. And I, I would, they're not going to tell you about the baby food they picked up for their kid this morning yeah. at the grocery store. That's not interesting. Okay. So like, I just think people are just, you're just, it's not that big of a deal. Nobody cares as much as you do about that question. <laughs> yeah. And, and m- most people are not thinking about how this question is going to impact you. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, and so you either, you really, I mean, again, going back to like, what are you clinging to and what are you letting go of? It's just like, answer, move along, yeah. bring up, a, then have things to talk about. You know what I mean? Like, like I've actually said that to people is like, think about things that you would like to share when you go home. That way you have like a little mm-hmm. package over here of like five things that you're like, I really love my workout class. <laughs> and well, like, yeah. uh, you know, whatever it is that you're just like, Hey, this is the thing that I'd like to talk about. If that is something that really upsets you or double down on it. Be like, you know what? Being single is terrible. I haven't been laid in a year mm-hmm. and my life is horrible. And just really open up that conversation. <laughs> and just start crying. Bring more people in. Raina, and when in doubt, cry mm-hmm. also, or you could go the other way. God, being single is so great. I was just like fucking this guy last night and he came on my face and just like make them so uncomfortable <laughs> till they walk away. I, I just love what you said. Like, because we said it too. I like feeling validated that we're right and we're also therapists, but like just pivot. They're not going to be like, no, 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 wait. I don't want to hear about your job. I want to hear about why you're single. Like they're not, they don't care. No one cares that much about you as much they're as you care about you. Talk. Just small talk until everybody's drunk enough to go home. That's it. <laughs> and the one uncle is saying the N word. He should go home as well. <laughs> he should go home permanently. Oh man. Well, this has been so great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. This is so such a wide range of topics. Thank yeah. you so much. Um, anything else you want to say to like wrap up any last words of wisdom and we're going to have you plug everything and tell people where they can find you. Last words of wisdom. I mean, I think we've, we, we covered a lot and I think we've all probably said it at some point today is that like, we're not obligated to, to do anything. We don't owe people things if it crosses our boundaries. And so if that means not going home, if that means being around friends instead of somebody that you don't get along with, like you have permission to choose things for yourself that protect your energy and, you know, keep you safe and secure. And yeah, I'll sign off with that. Okay, I thought protect you, you your energy. Permission. You have like permission because a lot of times people are like they want to hear that it is actually okay to to not go home or to only go home for for the day and then like take the car you know and go somewhere else and yeah like it's okay even when they others don't think that it is you you are entitled to making those choices for yourself. I love that. I love that. Well, um, tell me where they can find your hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram and um, where they can find your practice and anything else that you want to talk about. Yeah. Um, Awesome. So I'm on Instagram at mindful MFT as in marriage family therapy. Um, I'm, in practice in New York City in Midtown. Um, the website's newyorkcouplescounseling.com. That's where you can find all of the events and the retreats and all the things. And um, maybe like the m- upcoming thing is uh, an online course that starts uh, January 8th. It's a six-week course. I do live coaching calls. Um, my husband and I run the course and it's um, called Get the Love You Want. And it is all about self and relational awareness. We go through boundaries, conflict, and sex and intimacy. Those are all the modules. So if people want to... Well, we should probably have you back because now I'm like... 
we, so many we things talk to talk just about. about family. Like, I'm Ashley like, wants I, to come see you professionally. <laughs> as like a this is so funny. We just keep having you back, and they're like, Ashley's just getting three free therapy. <laughs> this was like it's just a session. It takes, whatever. Yeah, oh, good to talk about this stuff today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so cathartic. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, guys. Well, we are wrapping up with Vienna, and just stick around. We have a fun segment surrounding family with all your crazy submissions about family traditions. So stick around. We will be right back. All right, we're back and uh, we're jumping back in with a new segment and we asked you guys to submit emails. We got some really funny stuff and Ashley has named the segment. It's just an easy, self-explanatory, freaky families. Yes. Specifically, your significant other's family and their fucked up traditions. Especially during the holidays. Especially during the holidays. Okay. Yeah, these are so fun. So, um, freaky families. I am going to start with a throwback from last year's holiday show. We're only doing one that you guys might know if you came to last year's holiday shows at Gramercy Theater, but we couldn't deprive the rest of you of this one. It is a personal favorite. Don't want to throw this one in the garbage. (laughs) Yeah, we just, we kept it around for a whole year. Okay. Their family tradition. Okay. She writes, so here's the story. My friend was dating her boyfriend for two years. It's always a friend. I'm just going to assume this is about her. knows about you. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll still read it like she wrote it. Okay. My friend was dating her boyfriend for two years. It was true love and she was thrilled to spend their first Christmas Eve together at his parents' house. They did all the normal traditional Christmas Eve activities and suddenly his mom came downstairs and said, it's time. Her boyfriend then grabbed her hand and said, follow me. The entire family marched upstairs in a single file line and took an unexpected turn into the parents' bedroom. The entire family, mom, dad, brother, brother's girlfriend, and him all jumped into the parents' bed where she was forced to also join. They all got under the covers and turned off the lights. Then they all held hands and sang Silent Night. Mind you that her boyfriend was 25 at the time and the brother was 27. Apparently, this is their favorite family tradition. My friend is no longer dating this man, thank God. So GGE listeners, we are wondering, is this weird? Yes, it's fucking weird. I don't why the bed is what I want to understand. Like there's so much other furniture. I don't okay. Other people's beds skeeve me out. I don't know if you've noticed this. Like, I don't even sit on your bed. I don't want to sit on anybody's bed. Because you know your bed's just covered in cum. Yes. So you just assume everybody else's yes, bed is covered like, in cum. It's like you drool when you sleep. It's gross. I definitely I'm, do. You're naked when you sleep. I just I don't want to touch other people's beds. It's gross. And I certainly don't want to touch old people couple beds. I would not jump in my boyfriend's parents' bed under any circumstances. I would fake diarrhea. I would be like, I can't be in the bed. I'd be like that really frigid, uncomfortable person like sitting on the corner of the bed. Like, I'm good, guys. It just feels inappropriate to touch your things. I don't want to do this. Um, Okay. I would do this before I did this next thing. I will tell you Oh, you don't like this? This next story. I'm the number one thing I'm afraid of in the world is mice. Well, you just gave it away. Well, no, they're going to know in 30 seconds. Okay. Um, okay. So this next family tradition is I wouldn't do it. Okay. My sister had married. Okay. It's always somebody's sister. Mm-hmm. Or friend. My sister married into a big Italian family and her husband invited all of us to their holiday dinner. They told us to bring nickels and didn't tell us why. After dinner, they rounded up the 60 plus of us and unveiled a homemade mouse racetrack. In the corner, there was a cage of little mice brought in by the uncle who owned a pet store. They passed out little passport books that had different race lists with them 
with the names of a bunch of family members. Granny versus Uncle Polly versus Uncle Stefano, <laughs> along with probably another 10 other races. They unleashed each round of mice and the cheering <laughs> and hollering shook the house. Every, <laughs> everyone bet with nickels and the winner of the last race got their name put onto the next year's race list. Let's just say there was a lot to talk about on the drive home. Can you imagine 60 Italians? They're all named Petey Polly and they're all yelling at these mice, slamming down nickels. <laughs> Making it rain with nickels on the mice. I do like the family preparation that goes into. There's like gambling betting books. They like hand out like race names. Do you ever watch horse cra- horse track? Do you ever watch horse races? If I know what you mean. No, I don't. Um, it's like a lot of work to do what these people are doing. Okay, the new game is: is this true? True or false? Family <laughs> traditions. I think this is true. Because the uncle owns a pet store. Like, but <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> Uncle Polly, Uncle Polly's pets. Okay, first of all, also, Polly's pet shop. Did you ever see the movie Goodfellas? She's like, and every one of the names is Petey and Polly. Yeah. Like, okay, so she nailed the name. Uncle Stefano. I would say that's more true than that. an entire family of grown ass men getting to their parents' beds saying Silent Night. All right, guys, family traditions, true or false? Uh, this next one is easy to believe. Okay, she writes, I still gag. When I think of the time my ex's mom raved about their family's amazing mac and cheese recipe, she whipped it out at Thanksgiving and I was so jacked. (laughs) I just know we'd be friends with her. Yeah. Turns out it was noodles, a can of cream of mushroom soup, zero seasoning with a sprinkling of cheddar cheese on top. Family of psychopaths, she writes. (laughs) Listen, I fuck with that. Ew. I, I would eat it. Okay. Here's the thing notoriously white people don't make the best mac and cheese. Like when, when black people hear white people say I make a good mac and cheese or like, I bet you do, you know, like it's a thing. My mom crushes mac and cheese surprisingly for a little white woman. Wait, I crush mac and cheese and I just realized, because, okay, I had like an African American nanny growing up, whatever. Okay. My parents worked full time and she taught me how to make mac and cheese. That's who taught me. And I, that's what so I'm saying. Good. Like I think my mom does a good job. A lot of white people don't. You can't call that mac and cheese. That's a yeah. casserole, bitch. Like if you have a cream of mushroom soup at your Thanksgiving dinner, great. It's for the green bean casserole. Like what do you do with a, a sprinkle of cheddar on top? I want to be able. I want the cheese to stick to my ribs if I'm eating mac and cheese. This is fa- I love that she writes family of psychopaths. She's that mad. is like that is like so funny because like you want to respect your boyfriend's mother like you're like oh I want to respect his mom and then she makes this and you're like I have no, no more respect for this woman absolutely not <laughs> okay <laughs> okay next one I like the whole visual is so amazing um, love, love a visual okay so I had an ex where instead of getting gifts under the tree one of the parents would hide the gifts all around the house I thought that was kind of fun until I found out on Christmas morning that all around the house actually meant all around the house and also outside in the backyard and my ex's parents backyard faced a in all caps forest that was also fair game with a million question marks <laughs> so at like 8 40 in the morning it's a very specific time i had to gear up in my coat and boots and go out into the forest to go hunting for presents mind <laughs> you this is also the first time i was meeting the family so i dressed for appearances not functionality i'm dead ass trudging through like three feet of snow in heeled boots a light coat a sweater dress and tights all caps it was not a good time i mean that is crazy you like a you packed to like look so pretty and cute and then like he doesn't mention to you that like you need to you're gonna go like cross-country skiing for presents that's the thing we talked about in this episode you gotta warn people (laughs) let them know what they're in for let them dress appropriately tell them what to pack we do a treasure hunt in the forest 
You're not going to tell your significant other about this family tradition. She only brought her heeled J-Lo boots. This is amazing. Her J-Lo boots. Okay. The last and final one. Sorry. Giggle. Okay. I was with my ex for a couple of years. Every Christmas, his stepmom would get a birthday cake for Jesus. We all had to gather around the table to sing happy birthday to Jesus as she would bring out a cake and light the candles. And yes, the cake did say happy birthday, Jesus. I didn't know what to do. I thought this was so weird. I looked around at the other significant others that the siblings had brought. They all gave me, yeah, this is a thing. Sorry, smirk. I mean, at least you're all in it together. It's so cute also. At least it doesn't like erode your boundaries kind of tradition. Oh, this lady though. Mice. Or this is like couch. a bless your heart lady. Yes. You know, like she is probably compensating for her shitty behavior and deep, dark thoughts by baking a cake for Jesus. <laughs> she sucks. I mean, I don't even do that. So like, I don't even bake cupcakes to say, I'm sorry to God. Also, I'm a Jew. You could a hundred percent convince me that this was just a normal thing that everybody does that, every year. That Christian people like, did. I don't know. Like it, it wouldn't be that crazy if on Jesus's birthday, you got him a birthday cake. Like, I don't think it's that wild because I'm Jewish. So I don't know what you people do. Yeah. I mean, they definitely didn't have birthday cake in the manger. Maybe they did it. What the, they what had gold myrrh, gold myrrh and frankincense. I know what that's what the three, three, three Kings brought. None of it's real. No one brought a cupcake. <laughs> I don't believe any of it, to be honest. <laughs> um, but no, there wasn't any birthday cake in the manger. But also, maybe she's a birthday fetish. Like maybe, you know, some people just like love birthdays. She's like, it's Jesus' birthday. We got to get a cake. Maybe, maybe she loves like an ice cream cake. I'm surprised she doesn't do like all month birthday. Like every day for the month, Jesus gets a present. Like an advent calendar, but it's cake. Yes. Okay. Um, we have loved these so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you for submitting your amazing. crazy family traditions. And... It's the 16th, so we still have shows this week in Chicago and one more New York show. So if you have funny holiday stuff or just crazy dating stories, funny, weird, unbelievable, but make them truthful. Listen, I try to include them and Ashley sees through them. I can see I, through you guys' lies. I'm I, the first line of defense. I can I see through y'all's lies. Yeah. Um, Submit them. Email hello girlsgettypodcast.com and we will see you guys all over the world. <laughs> we will see you in. Do you want me to do it? No. DC, Boston, Australia, LA, San Diego, Texas, all over, Florida, all over. Girlsgottypodcast.com, stupidliveshows.com. I cannot believe we are finally doing it. Australia? Australia. It's Ashley's dream. It's my dream. Um, Yeah, follow us on Instagram, girlsgottypodcast, reina.greenberg, Ash Hess, girls underscore gotta eat on Twitter, and that's it. All right, guys. Have a good week. Bye. (laughs) 